Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season How We Seize It, episode 95. Man, we're getting deep into it. We've been doing this for quite a while now, it seems. It's just like every time I say those numbers, I'm like, wow. We're almost almost three digits deep, right? I know. When we hit that 100, that's going to be cool. I I have no idea what we're going to do for 100 yet, but, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, you got to do something special. And I'm like, I have no idea what we're going to (laughs) do. So uh, if you're out there and you have ideas that you think would be fun for us to do, uh, let us know. Uh, you can reach us at the.hwsi.podcast at gmail.com or find us on the socials, which is uh, Facebook and on uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram, we're the HWSI podcast, and Facebook, it's just how we seize it. Wow, in the uh, first minute, you got that out. You know, I've been listening to a lot of these other really <laughs> good brand podcasts, and they always do all their stuff up front. And I'm like, God, you know, I wonder if I should be doing that. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but every once in a while I feel like doing it, and and so it happened. Uh, but what we're going to cover this night, this podcast, uh, this number ninety five, is we are going to hit uh, a double for you. We're gonna we're gonna go out on a Clint Eastwood uh, extravaganza. Essentially, <laughs> we're gonna hit his new movie, uh, Cry Macho, which is in theaters and HBO Max currently. And then we're gonna go back to nineteen ninety two and hit the best picture. Uh, Oscar winner, uh, that's true. Unforgiven, yeah. yeah, and uh, which is only the third uh, Western to ever win an Oscar for Best Picture. What was it? Is... Dances with Wolves, and then uh, suck out. What was old, the other one? Old, old Gringo old. or something to that? <laughs> I think I think I'm wrong. <laughs> not old gringo. I think I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not old Gringo. <laughs> um, it's an, it's another one. I think it's a. Um, Oh, something wagons or maybe some. I I can't even remember. Uh, I've listened to I've listened to people talk about it, but I I can't even remember. But yeah, uh, Dances with Wolves was definitely the the more recent one that was up there too, which is another incredible movie. I I really like that one too. But this is this is this movie Un Unforgiven is one of those ones that is just it's such a good movie and it's it is a western but it's also it it there oh god i can't think of the word that they kept saying it's it's a special kind of western where they're flipping everything on its head they're like deconstructing um the western mythologies and stuff like that absolutely um, and, and yeah we're we're so used to the the villain and the hero and it really the white hat black hat right right uh but uh you really it's hard to tell who's the hero and the villain in this movie. Yeah, there was a there's a name for it, and people talk about it, and and it's been a long day, and and I haven't started drinking. Well, I had a little bit, but I uh, so I haven't <laughs> can't remember what it was, and I didn't write it down. But it, it was it had a specific name, uh, a specific genre where it's kind of like um, going against what the the typical norms are and stuff like that. And so, but yeah, this is definitely that. But before we get to all that. Uh, First off, I want to introduce myself. I'm Noah, one of your main hosts. And with me, as always, is my main man, Steve. Say hi, I'm, Steve. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, and one of the things we do before we get into talking about these movies um, um, and getting too deep into them is we uh, come up with a drink that we pair to these movies. Uh, sometimes they're something about the movie, sometimes they're about a character, sometimes they're just what we want to drink that night. 
And with that, I will uh, let you choose whether you want to go first or I can go first, Steve. <laughs> I'll go first. Right. I, I've got two drinks. You've got two drinks. Do you want to go back yes. and forth or just... Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. Um, so I was going to choose, you know, I, I, like you, I was going to choose one one uh, drink for each movie, but instead I got a little carried away with <laughs> Unforgiven. So both of mine are, uh, are drawn from Unforgiven. Um, the first one uh, we'll talk about is um uh it's a drink called uh delilah um oh, nice. which uh also known as a white lady or a chelsea sidecar uh this is uh one and a half ounces of gin uh three quarters uh premium triple sec and three quarters lemon juice i got some con quantro oh, for premium. Uh, yeah <laughs> so i got some quantro for my uh my um orange premium, liqueur uh, and nice. lemons off my tree and instead of the gin, I went with the uh, the Geneva, which is what I had last year. I was talking about the uh, okay. the uh, the the gin. It's a it's an old style gin, which uh, or old style Geneva. Um, it uh, has um, grain spirits for as part of its uh, base, uh, which is nice. uh, makes it a little different than the gin. Um, they also say it's kind of a combination of a, of, a, of a gin and whiskey. If you were to put those two together, that's what you get. So that kind of plays out with, with this. Uh, oh, yeah. This, whiskey and Westerns go This Western, yeah. I mean, the whole town's called Big Whiskey. And, um, yeah. But uh, I added, they, they, they show a, a cherry garnish. But oh. I changed that to a strawberry in in honor of uh, Strawberry Alice. Strawberry just, Alice. Yeah. So I've got Delilah. So this is my my my. Uh, Your Horace cocktail. My. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I thought about kind of like spraying it with some uh, tomato juice for like, you know, for like oh. violence and stuff like that. But I thought, no, oh, that'd geez. be getting a little carried away. <laughs> I thought you were going to like say some glitter dust or something. <laughs> um. But this is this is a really nice drink, really easy, nice. easy to make, and I think it's classy. And I think he does like a classy job with these characters too. So uh, for the female characters, even though they are kind of, um, he a lot of these are stereotypical characters, but he really ma he really makes them uh, stand out as real real characters. Yeah. They're like uh, actually strong female characters in a way, which is strange because they are technically whores in this movie and mm -hmm. but they do have a strength about them and it's kind of kind of interesting i'm glad you went with delilah because when we get into it uh she's one of the people in this that i think a lot of people don't give enough credit for how well that character was done um written and acted uh that it's everything's subtle about it but it's very strong so i, yeah. I think that's awesome that you you pulled out that delilah that's, that's really good all right I'm gonna jump in with my my first one, um, and I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with our first movie uh, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about the newest one, which is Cry Macho, which is a a new uh, Clint Eastwood. It's not really a western; it's more of a modern, set in the West kind of thing. So it's not really a western, but uh, it's it's the newest movie. And uh, one of the things about the movie that really stood out to me was they have this actual rooster in this movie, and it's probably one of the best actors in the whole movie. Like, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially when you go with it's it's a rooster, like for like chickens aren't easy to train to begin with. And then you add a rooster on top of it, like, you know, just on. But this it, it sat, it made its marks. It did its thing. I mean, when it was asked to fight, it got up and fought. You know, it just the rooster impressed me so much in this movie. I wanted to come up with one and I found a drink called a red rooster. And I was like, well, that's really cool. 
And so uh, I go, that really fits. The difference, though, is I needed a macho red rooster. And so uh, <laughs> the regular red rooster uh, calls for vodka. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to change that vodka to tequila since that's down in Mexico. And that's really what, you know, tequila and Mexico go to hand, you know, together right, like a right. right boot and a left boot. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to change that out to tequila. And that gives me my macho. So I got a macho red rooster and it's two ounces of tequila. And I went with a white uh, uh, Jose Cuervo, four ounces of cranberry juice, and then a half ounce of uh, orange juice on top of it. And at first when I uh, told my wife that I was making that and I told her what I was going to do, she goes, you probably should just go with a vodka. It's, and I, I mixed it up and I tasted it. And I was like, damn, that's that's actually really good. So I went and gave her a sip and exact same reaction. She took a sip and she goes, damn, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> so... Uh, it, it really works uh, for what it is, um, being a, uh, a tequila-based drink with well, the them, cranberry the Mexicans and Mexicans know a thing or two about uh, spirits, right? They, they know how to make a good tequila? Well, that's the thing, is I'm not really a tequila guy. Really? It's one of the, yeah, uh, no, I never... Well, I was at one point, and then Jose Cuervo kicked my ass one night really, really bad. <laughs> and, uh, and ever since then, it's been one of those things, when I smell it, I kind of get that... Uh, and that was, that was the regular off-the-shelf... Uh, like everyday oh, frap yeah and there are so <laughs> many really good tequilas um but, and that's I the mean, problem though is i get that in my mind and so i i think of tequila and i think of that and then right. instead of getting a really good tequila this was yeah. i mean it is a jose cuervo but it was it's a blanca one and so it's a, it's a little bit better but i really enjoyed this it's it, it tasty i know so. what you mean about having a having an alcohol that you associate with a bad experience and just can't have it for like you know i I got my first drunken experience was uh, <laughs> was on peppermint schnapps, and I just can't stomach the stuff. The fire, what's the fire? Uh, uh, the fireball. Fireball. What is the, that? Is that the a cinnamon whiskey? Yeah, that turns me. I can't handle yeah, that. Yeah, that's, a, that's probably, gross. I think it's probably because of the uh, peppermint <laughs> and peppermint schnapps. Just oh. that same sort of association. How do you feel about it. Jolly Rancher vodkas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can handle my vodkas. Just a, kind of an you know, it's, there's not much to it, and I can do that. But yeah, the the Jolly Rancher uh, just yeah turns my stomach. But, that's, but that's tequila. I know my father-in-law has a tequila story that makes that always a challenging one for him. But then oh. you know his wife, my mother-in-law, she loves having tequila in her freezer that she sips so she gets a, i even oh, okay. i even came up with i found a really good one that she loved i think it's 1921 is it is the uh is the brand that it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty pricey one but it it tastes so good just just from a shot you, you know from a little sipping it from a that's from also a one of the glass, things so. is i'm a cheapskate so it's hard for me to spend a lot of money on on a, a good alcohol when i can when i can oh like i can get two bottles for the same <laughs> prices and so but it does uh, make it better at that yeah yeah, and if you're making I'm, a margarita, you're not necessarily going to go with some of these, you know, top shelf. And that's, and that's find, a lot of it too. Is I've always mixed. Yeah. I'm usually mixing it with stuff, so I usually go with cheaper stuff. But yeah, this is this is a very uh, delicious. It's kind of like a cranberry uh, margarita in a way. Nice. nice. All right, go ahead with your second. All right, my second one. Um, I wanted to do a a drink with a whiskey based drink. Uh, makes yeah. sense because he's drinking a lot of whiskey and. Uh, you know, big whiskey's the town. Not till the end. Not till um, the end does he drink some whiskey, but... Well, a lot of people are drinking whiskey, though. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've been drinking Old Fashions quite a bit uh, this last this last week. And so I thought, well, let me see if I can find an Old Fashioned, that ha a little different take on an Old Fashioned. So I thought, well, maybe instead of uh, uh, sugar, I can do some molasses or something like that. Something that's oh. a little... And I thought that, so I looked it up, and there's actually a drink called a High Noon. 
Um, and it oh, uses, bad. yeah. And, and this is kind of fun. Cause I, I, um, it, it's a high noon, which is, which is a Gary Cooper movie. And, and I, and I found out in some of the interviews with Clint Eastwood, that he said he, they used to call him Coop back in the day when he's on, when he was on <laughs> Rawhide because, uh, he was kind of the Gary Cooper type character. At least they used to gotcha. think of him oh, as, yeah, yeah. as, as that. So I thought, Oh, I got a little, a little Gary Cooper reference for my drink. And so it's, it fits with high noon. But then when I was reading the notes on this drink, um, in the notes, they said it's called. They some people refer to it as Clint Eastwood in a glass. So I oh, I nailed it. Oh, that's <laughs> so, perfect. So uh, this uses molasses as a base for simple syrup, which I made myself. You okay. throw about a tablespoon of molasses, then you got to have half a cup of water, half a cup of, uh, uh, no, quarter cup of water, quarter cup of uh, dark brown Mal- sugar, and you kind of stir it up, and heat okay. it up, and that becomes your uh, simple syrup base. As uh, typically. Uh, an old fashioned, you've got a little scoop of sugar, um, throw some bitters on there and then muddle it a bit and then drop your, drop your bourbon on top and stir it up. So this starts with the, the molasses, simple syrup, um, uh, bitters, and then a couple ounces of, of bourbon, which I'm using a Mitchell, uh, small batch bourbon, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, uh, stir that on ice and then throw it over a, a big rock of <laughs> in a, in a, and a little orange peel as part of its garnish so nice yeah that's my high noon so i got my cool. my delilah and my high noon both uh those, those are very unwant uh unforgiven type drinks uh, <laughs> they fit in that western perfectly yeah, very simple though too i like it this is this nice is, uh, well, I was a little worried you were going to take mine because when I did some searches, uh, this was one that came up when I just did a, a Unforgiven cocktail. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was looking around, and uh, you know, I've always been a, a whiskey sour. That's always been kind of like one of my go-to drinks. Just like you know, you minus the, minus the uh, the egg egg yolk. Yeah, yeah, egg, no, uh, fuck egg white, that egg sorry. shit. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't doing that. Uh, Alyssa even asked me, like, you're gonna do it with egg white? I'm like, hell no, I'm not doing it with egg white. <laughs> One of these days, maybe I'll try it, but I'll let a professional do it. I'm not. I'm not messing with that. <laughs> uh, but no, this is this is called this was called a uh, big big whiskey sour. So big whiskey is the name of the town. Big whiskey, Wyoming. Nice. Um, so it's a little bit of the take on a on a um, whiskey sour, uh, but it's it's also paying homage to the feminist prostitute. Their words, not mine. Uh, <laughs> Al, uh, Strawberry Alice. Nice. And so uh, I'm calling this the the Strawberry Alice Big Whiskey Sour. And what it is is you uh, you get uh, one or two fresh strawberries, slice them up, and put them in the bottom of the glass and muddle them with a little bit of simple syrup. And then you mix your uh, bourbon and uh, it, they called for fresh lemon juice, but I had this uh, this whiskey or the sour mix that I I bought the other day that was uh, really good. So I I substitute that instead of just a straight lemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mix those, blend those up over some uh, in a shaker with some ice, and then pour that over the top of the strawberries. Um, and, uh, that's, that's pretty much what it is. And it is really, really good. So that is my strawberry Alice big whiskey sour. Nice. Um, really, really good. Speaking of strawberry, I'm down to the end of this, uh, of my, uh, Delilah. <laughs> so I'm going to eat the strawberry, which is so good. Delilah, Delilah strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I uh, ended up going with that. Um, really, really good. Uh, there was something I was going to say about, it. oh, I, I went with a bullet bourbon, right? Which... I, I thought was another one that uh, it's a it's a bullet bourbon uh, frontier whiskey is what it's it says on it which I thought was really cool, 
So uh, really, really tasty. I had my ammunition bourbon from when I did yeah. when we did John Wick, but I drank that pretty quick because that was so tasty. <laughs> I tried to go back and get some more, but they were out of it at Bottle Barn, so they just had oh. a, they just had a rye, and I didn't want to do a rye for this. Um, so I have a lot of whiskeys in my cabinet right now, so I had <laughs> I had some to choose from. Yeah, got a lot of whiskeys and a lot of scotch, so. Uh, I think I know which way I head in my uh, my dark uh, or my brown brown liquors. I know which ones are are usually I'm drinking. Yeah. So, well, that's what we've been doing. Those uh, like the, um, the the Scottish mules. Uh, we've been drinking a lot of those lately too. Where it's just it's the take on the Russian uh, or the the Moscow mule. Oh, you just but, throw uh, some some uh, you do beer, whiskey some ginger beer. Of, yep. Yep. And a little lime. Oh, they're so delicious. I had a ginger so, beer in the, I had a little can of ginger beer in the refrigerator this last week. It's been sitting there. And last night I got home and uh, I said, I'm going to make myself a Moscow mule. That sounds really good. I found <laughs> a lime. I had one lime left. I pulled out some, I had a little bit of vodka left, a Spirit Works vodka, and I got it all ready to go. Went into the refrigerator, opened it up. Damn it, if Sydney didn't drink that. <laughs> Sydney, did you drink the ginger beer? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, damn it. So That's funny. I scrapped that and I made a, I think I made it old fashioned instead. Nice. We, we actually have a couple of them. Uh, I got, I got the outdoor fridge with some, I got some beers in there and I got, uh, always have some ginger beer on hand just yeah. in case. It's one of those ones is like when I see I'm down to two, I go buy another, another four pack just because you never know. For me, it's right, limes. Cool. I gotta have limes, uh, the fresh oh. limes, because I don't. I really don't care for lime juice lime from juice. a bottle. It's just it doesn't. I like I like the fresh limes that you squeeze, and I'm finding them hard to. You can get them sometimes in the bag, but that's not easy to find unless you're going like with key limes. But that's a little too much of a. a crazy Trader take. Joe's usually has a pretty good. I could find just limes where you pick them by the. You know, you pick a one or mm. you know one at a time. But uh, yeah. but. I'm jealous of your your, your lemon tree. Yeah, it is nice to go out and grab a lemon. But you got a lime tree too, right? Or is we it do. key lime? It's key lime. Uh, no, I don't know if it, it's not a regular lime, but I don't think it's key lime either. It's really good. They're they're but we only get them like we have any. They're they're fruit on there, but they're not anywhere ripe. We don't have them all year round like you guys seem to have. So it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this. Let's get into this first movie. This cry macho. Um, so Cry Macho uh, was just released. I think it's only been out maybe two weeks now. Um, yeah, I went to the theater over the weekend, and I was surprised to see it. In in I didn't see it in the theater. I didn't watch it there, but I saw it on the billboard. <laughs> we, we saw another one instead. Uh, but uh, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go home and watch that on <laughs> on HBO Max instead. But right. Well, and this is this is a movie that's been kicking around a while. Apparently, the story was written like back in like '75. Yeah, um, and even it, Arnold Schwarzenegger it, was 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 slated to to be in this movie before he became governor. So okay, yeah. so when and, I heard I heard that too, and I was like, okay, <laughs> no, I what that no that that don't make no sense. I mean, the story the story is okay, the story is okay. I think I think the problem is 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 Clint Eastwood should have made this twenty years ago. 30 years ago. he was too damn old to be he was, in this yeah it, it's i i felt you know you don't like to watch a movie and feel a little bit of pity for you know pity for the character right not because of the character and what you're watching on screen but because of you you realize he just doesn't belong in this role i i mean you talked about your big whiskey cocktail i mean that's what you <laughs> need to watch this movie and and kind of have it resonate because it's it is it's very two-dimensional all you talk about the chicken too the rooster you know uh being the best 
best character. Well, he he, and he he was the best. Okay, so of the main three actors, right? We got Clint Eastwood playing Mike uh, Milo, who was a, a previously a, a a rodeo cowboy, really high, you know, really doing well, star cowboy, who broke his back and then and then fell on some hard times, got into some trouble with like pain pills and stuff like that. Is the story. Yeah. Then he's he's sent to uh, Mexico to retrieve a, a a child of his of his friend uh, Howard Polk, played by Dwight Yoakam. Which <laughs> it was interesting when I saw that I was like, "Fuck, I know who that guy is," and I couldn't pick, I couldn't figure out who it was. Watching it never Sling hit me. Sling Blade like, what, what? Yeah. I okay. Well, I, I I think he was in Sling Blade. From, that was like one of the first. Roles I know him from I, his music. Okay. His <laughs> and it, and that's where I was like, I know that guy's hair from somewhere. What the fuck? And it it didn't dawn on me. And I think it was because I was thinking actors instead of. Uh, music and so that that's what throw me threw me off um and then uh you have edward uh manette playing uh raffo who is the the young boy who he's supposed to go get who is the the son of yokum's character and uh those are the three the three main characters we get are you know clint eastwood and, and eduardo uh playing the two main characters mike and raffo they <sighs> I mean, I don't want to say that Clint Eastwood did not do a good job acting, but he really didn't. Like, his acting wasn't horrible, but it was nothing to write home about. It was kind of just flat. It just, there was nothing to it. There was I no... don't think he, he wasn't able to inhabit the, the character. Like, you, you know, I stopped about a quarter of the way through pause and I went to the internets to find out what's up with this movie and and I did see a little uh, interview with him or it might have been a written interview but he talked about how this was a, a script that he revisited from long ago and mm -hmm. and he thought he had kind of grown into the role and maybe he'd do it himself and I just I thought well okay maybe there's something that because I didn't get a feeling that the character was 90 <laughs> you know it wasn't written yeah. for a 90 year old and that's how old the no. guy is he's 91 um, and I thought, well, maybe they're going to kind of make it like, I didn't get a sense that he, that character could be that old. And then when you see him, you know, doing, picking a fight with someone and throwing a punch. That, that punch was the worst punch I've ever seen on, yeah. on professional movie yeah. cinema. Like it literally was, I was, I felt so bad. Cause I was like, I did too. It, this was a hard movie to watch just because, uh, he's. You know, he's made so many great movies <laughs> and, you know, he's directed so many that he's not in mm -hmm. effectively. So I think he did Sully. He'd, you know, what, what I, was the I wish Grand he Torino? I wish, yeah. I wish he would have, he would have backed up, did the, did the direction, right? He's a great yeah. director and he can still do that. I think he, it would have been better to back up and let someone a little bit younger. Like this should have been a 50, maybe 60 year old guy. Right. Like. Yeah, that would have been better. It would have made more sense. I mean, yeah, like, he was, you know, he had a, they had like that relationship with uh, Marta, who was probably thirty years younger than him, and it's just like, you know, this is awkward. Even no, no, even worse than that, even worse than the Marta. Like Marta was like, okay, I can see she, she's kind of. So <laughs> the idea was, is Marta was a was a woman that lived in a town that they ended up stuck in, and and she kind of took them in and you know and she saw the good heart in him and the good man in him and stuff like that so i could see there being a little bit but it was like come on like this is this is ridiculous but even worse than that uh was the mother 
uh, of of Rafo, which uh, I want to say, okay, that is. Um, <laughs> let me look here. Fernanda. Oh fuck! I'm gonna blow that name up. Ura Urahola. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but she yeah. Plays anyway, she played Letta. Yeah. And that was even worse than the whole Martha, because she was even younger. Like she would look like maybe forties. Either that or a really hot fifty year old. I mean, she was she was smoking in like she 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 was she was the top shit of the town. Like had a big old you know house. Like everything was she was she was top dog in that shit. You know, almost running like a a, a, a mafia type thing. Like she she had it going, and then she comes on to him like she wants to sleep with him, and I'm like, what the fuck? I know. Like that is the most unbelievable crap. And then. So I didn't see the mule, which was either. another, which is another Clint Eastwood not too long ago, where he's another old ass guy doing some shit running, and I hear in the mule he has like two fucking threesomes, like, so my idea in this is like okay I I love Clint Eastwood like he yeah. is one of my favorite actors he is one of my favorite people to watch he is one of my all time like just guy can do no wrong but. Come on, dude. You got, like, I don't know if it's an ego thing. Like, nobody wants your wrinkled-ass old body. Like, it's, it's it's not realistic. Like, he he's <laughs> he reminds me of me in the aspect of, like, I'm, like, I, I look at stuff like playing basketball or doing these athletic things, and, like, my mind says, yeah, I can do that. My body says, no, you can't. <laughs> I, I know where you're coming from, me. and it's hard to critically kind of explore this movie when it it you know when we're feeling pity i don't like to look at a movie yeah. and 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 pity it uh i don't i he has not earned that um he is he has <laughs> earned so much more so right so i don't i i'm almost afraid to go on too much with it with the negativity and just kind of say okay well, well no well, i mean the rooster was was great um <laughs> And then when you talk, Macho about, killed it. Um, and then and then when you talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger being in it, it's like, oh my God, that it could have been a whole different it movie. It could have been. It could have been really even more ridiculous. So yeah, it elevated it a little bit. His his take on it. He had a he had a uh, a pace. To, he has a pace to a lot of his movies that is a slow pace, but it makes you think about what you're watching more than you would in a, in a lot of movies uh, where you're just yeah. watching and taking it in and getting a lot of, you know, mental movie... feedback, but he makes you kind of get involved in it. I don't yeah. think this one really had much depth or dimension, no. but it still was able to kind of make you pay attention. Uh, but, yeah, the the story so, was the story was there, yeah. right? The story had some some gravitas. Like there was some stuff that you could get to it, and then there was. I mean, the idea is that he goes and and he he talks to the mom. He actually gets caught on her compound trying to find some information about the boy, and she's you know he's he's going to try and kidnap him um, and bring him back to the states, and then. They, they, she's like, you know what? You can go fucking take him. Here's where he's at. He's down at these cockfights and stuff. And then he drives up and he, you know, he goes into the cockfight. Now, this is one of those ones where I was like, okay, this, this, this is where it gets a little silly too. The, the cops pull up to the cockfight or, and, <laughs> and everybody runs except for the boy and him. And he just steps behind some boxes. And then, like, it cuts to the cops leaving. I'm like, you don't think the cops would have just walked around looking for people and he's just standing behind some boxes? Like, it yeah. just, 
it was it, it just oh it was kind it's, of bad it, it, that, it, it almost felt like they were making accommodations for his age yes and, and creating well it's like well it's a movie so people have the suspension <laughs> of disbelief and so we can get away with this they just know that we're trying to tell a story and we've got this old actor that's it's Clint Eastwood. They'll give him a break. Yeah, and um, it's it's not it's not an easy movie yeah. to to the, get through. The story had some great points, and 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 you know, um, and then there's there's the kid actor he uh, that plays Rafo. Uh, yeah. I don't know his actual age, but I think he was supposed to be around 13 in this, and he did not come off as a 13 year old. He he definitely felt a lot older, and. Um, it, he, he, he didn't he come appeared up. older, but he his lines and his delivery still came across yes. as as. Oh, um, he's very childish, but his look was not there, and I don't know if it was uh, the idea of that. Like his his broken English was supposed to be like he was a Spanish speaker that learned English in Mexico, and it was bad. But it was it was it almost came off as just bad acting. Uh, it came off to me as Anakin Skywalker in Phantom Menace, you know, <laughs> the, where where it was just this, the, the delivery was very... Yeah, uh, it was very uh, weak. It, you know, you get a sense of the script behind it because there's words yeah. that, that are that are flowing through his brain that he's reading off a script and trying to present with a one-dimensional or maybe two-dimensional uh, um, yeah. uh, characterization. He, he, it just doesn't go... He had an energy to him. Like he had an energy and a look to him that would have worked, but his his speaking parts were pretty rough for me. It's you know he um, Clint Eastwood and is known. Anakin, Clint, Clint, Clint Eastwood had a look. <laughs> Clint Eastwood is he known for for uh, only doing one or two takes and then mm. moving on. He doesn't he doesn't spend much time uh, on on. He doesn't burn much film. He's, He's like, like, you, you, you said know. it? Fuck it, let's go with it. Yeah. Sounded um, like shit? Whatever, let's go with it. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you're not giving your, your actors, especially your relatively new actors, that, that need a little time to get, get into the, into the yeah. moment, much opportunity to, to craft a script. But then yeah. uh, it does But, I mean, like they, did, they, did a good, they did a good job with creating that, that feeling of, uh, this old man's kind of taking this kid under his wing and teaching him. The kid is kind of slowly learning to respect the old man and stuff like that. So that part of the story worked for me. Part, one of the things that worked for me was the uh, time period. You know, it took place in 79, 80, right around there. And um, I kind of grew a little bit uh, nostalgic of those times just because of the uh, the peace and quiet and you know lack of, of technology that that's right nobody to... nobody had their phones out yeah. uh, filming shit and checking yeah. out social nobody media doing podcasts yeah. or doing any sort of uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. oh <laughs> are you, you taking a shot at me what <laughs> no no, no I got you I mean, people doing their Instagram things yeah they whip out their phone and do their little dance and post right. it yeah yeah you don't I... it, it's uh, <laughs> you, news you travels think... slow you know it's not news travels fast like it is now or news travels you, you, instantly from you don't see uh, Clint Eastwood doing uh, a podcast at 91. <laughs> I see us doing a podcast at 91. I mean, we got like 30 more years, 40 oh, more yeah. years of this. Yeah, it won't be podcast. Then it'll be, I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, it'll be virtual <laughs> right into your brain. Yeah. <laughs> We've got kids. They can teach us the new ropes, you know. They'll have kids. Anyhow. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of parts of Cry Macho that just didn't work, um, which is sad because, uh, like I said, I think, I think Clint Eastwood can still, at, at his age direct the hell out of a movie 
I think well, he really can. Yeah, Sully, I think, was the last one I saw that was directed by him. I didn't see The Mule, uh, but I wouldn't, I'd wouldn't. i like to check it out. Uh, but, I mean, but, he could, but Sully he could was, do it. Was, was, was this really, was well-directed. Yeah. The acting is what what was the problem in the characters, and I don't I, I don't know if that's... I don't know. I don't know if there's much he could have done with it. To me, I think the script was just a little too... It, it kind of came across as juvenile, and it seemed... <laughs> it seemed... Saturday afternoon special. Well, it seemed a little beneath Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, you know, he's said 50% of your movie is in the script. If it's not, you True. know, if you don't have anything there, then, and 40% is your casting, and the other 10% I think he's been sitting is what on a director a can fuck up. Yeah, but it, to me, it, this script was yeah. not to the quality of what he is usually True. able to... Um, to convey on screen this just yeah it seemed very uh uh one or two dimensional not much more uh, i think i think so. he's gonna this is gonna hit him a little bit like he's gonna take a uh, a hit on this as far as like people are gonna like down you know like oh he's losing it this might be the end Let's, for him and and maybe we should move on to unforgiving because unforgiven because, well i want to um, talk really quick a little okay. bit too uh there is there is a couple like martha Right was one of the characters in this that was really was uh, a great character and and she did a great job. Um, I really liked her parts. So the funny thing is, is halfway through this movie, uh, they're they're speaking Spanish, and we're yeah. like they don't they don't put subtitles up to tell you and we're like what the fuck's going on. So we threw the subtitles up on the TV. <laughs> Those motherfuckers came up said speaking spanish I'm like god <laughs> damn it are you kidding me i'm i'm, I'm not great. even kidding i was like son of a bitch like they set it up so that it doesn't unless you speak spanish you really do not know what they're saying while they're saying it until you That's get the right. translation you got clint he can do the sign language he picks up on stuff He's okay so now I, li I like that part that to me was that that was where the acting worked and and where clint could do it when when clint was sitting down he killed it when he wasn't walking or standing, it was a problem. Right. And then and then, and then we have the rooster. The rooster, like I said before, was was I was so amazed at how well they got that rooster to do what they got it to do. It sat on the chairs next to them in the restaurant, just I chilling. Know. I mean, you almost think they must have like pulled out its its uh, its clucking box or whatever you you call it. Uh, rooster so could. <laughs> Roosters only really uh, crow uh, in the morning most of the time. Okay, not, well, not, okay. they don't. Yeah, crow I guess all you, day. you've got you've got. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we chickens, have chickens. So, um, um, we don't cheap roosters because my wife doesn't like fertilized eggs. But so with Marta, what I didn't care for was um, how they played her character in relation to to Clint Eastwood. To me, it just seemed it seemed. Well, it that's un it that was unbelievable. Yeah, it didn't seem, and and that's why I was a little turned off by by the so, character. Her portrayal was 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 charming. It was she it was, was acting, but she it was, saw him as he was portraying himself as a sixty one year old instead of a ninety one year old. So yeah. she saw him as sixty one, and and I believe that, like she was in her she was probably in her fifties, and she saw this stately older man that had this great connection with a kid, and so she acted her ass off because she was able to. Uh, bypass the look and and knowing that clint was well past his his prime yeah so she did a good job and i like i like the story and so yeah this is one of those movies that no it's never going to win any awards no it's never going to be anybody's top thing was it worth watching mm -hmm. yeah I, i'm i'm not i'm not like damn i want my hour and a half or two hours back but i'll probably never watch this again 
Um, so, uh, which is sad because I, I, like I said, I love Clint Eastwood and I think this is just a, a bad mark on him in, in the long run, but there, th it does have a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's a bad, it's I, I bad remember movie. studying a lot of Alfred Hitchcock uh, movies and I, and we took a, we took an editing class and, and one of the things we, we saw in our editing class was storyboards, which is, you know, little picture drawings that, that, uh, was probably now they do more like animatronics where, they, they actually storyboard in animation, but um, but where you drop little little frames of how you want your yeah, movie yeah. to play out and uh, like Sunday comics. Yeah, and I, I think it was Alfred Hitchcock's last movie, which I can't think of the title, but uh, that was one of the one of the movies we saw as a as a kind of a a an example of of storyboarding. And Alfred Hitchcock did great storyboarding, pre planning, and shot everything, and. I remember seeing so many of his movies and just being so impressed, but finally seeing that movie and which was the last movie he ever made. And it was kind of that same sort of <laughs> depressing feeling of, Oh, you know, I want this to be good, but it's just not. And, uh, right. you know, and so it's, it's hard to know when to say, you know, I've, uh, you know, I'm going to take my bow. I've done some incredible work and, and we're not judged by our final work. You know, we've <laughs> by, hopefully by, by the scope of everything. And, and, uh, you know, he's 91 and I think his mother is his mother. Uh, he talks about how old his mother lived till. So he's probably still got some years ahead of him too. And I, I mean, I, I'm I hope he, he's a Betty White. I hope I hope he yeah, never. I'd love I'd love to see some more of his movies. I don't know if uh, I want to see him direct him more, unless he's playing a character that's that's in his. He, he should be. He should. He should be the new Stan Lee. He, he directs. <laughs> he just directs movie and and has a cameo. I want to see him as a DJ in a strip club, in his in his next movie. You know. Uh, coming, you know, coming up next, we got Cinnamon on the stage. Hey, and, and, he's know. always thought of himself as a character actor, though, and so I don't, think he, <laughs> I don't think he'd play. I, I don't think he'd be able to play that sort of a, of a uh, iconic cameo <laughs> role. Think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for Tony Stank. Tony Stank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I oh my god, that would be perfect. That's what they need to do. They need to substitute Clint Eastwood in the MCU movies for. Stan Lee. <laughs> oh, I do like that. That's that's nice. That's almost like uh, like when they're casting presidents for Saturday Night Live, and you're trying to get someone that's gonna gonna yeah. He, he Jim can carry for uh, Joe Biden, with, <laughs> which you know when they already had a Joe Biden for with uh, yeah. Woody Harrelson, but they had to up the ante with uh, with Jim Carrey. They could do that. They could do that. I like that. Clint Eastwood would, that... would kill it. And yeah, uh, but I don't think it happened. It's just I'm I'm, too... I'm gonna I'm gonna start a, I'm gonna start a thing uh, uh, one of those hashtags or you know uh, Clint Eastwood the new uh, uh, new Tony Stank or no <laughs> new Stanley. <laughs> New Stanley. All right. That's okay, good. so we we we've kicked, we've kicked uh Cry Camacho down the road. Down the gutter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I mean, if you like if you like Clint Eastwood and you've got some time, you've got HBO, do not spend money on this, uh but it it's worth watching. It's not horrible. It is definitely not great. Uh, but if you can suspend your disbelief, like <laughs> knowing that he's supposed to be playing probably a character that's more in in age age range of yeah. an unforgiven character, you know, which was 30, 60. yeah, even even younger than that, because I mean, well, I guess no, yeah, about un, unforgiven range would be about right, because that's yeah. that's thirty years, almost thirty years ago. Well, unforgiven, he he would have killed he, this role 
yeah. or at least if if they if well, he they could still move gave it more dimension, still... I think. But but I mean, he would have been attractive, yeah. and he would have been able to kick, you know, to yeah. to to throw that, you know, that punch. What is that? Right turn, Clyde. You know, he would have been able to throw <laughs> yeah. that punch. Oh my um, God! Right. That's awesome. Ah. <laughs> uh, Okay, well let's 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 get in Unforgiven. So Unforgiven, nineteen ninety two. Yeah. This this movie, oh my god! Uh, I remember seeing this in the theater, and yeah. and just like, I think I I actually think I went rewatched this one. I think I went and rewatched it within a couple days, because I was so amazed. And and to to tell you the truth, I'm a huge Clint Eastwood fan. Um, and I'm not a Dirty Harry fan. I'm not a old school, like, but I just, there's something about Clint Eastwood that I just have always thought he is such a good, good person and actor. You, you mentioned Dirty Harry. And when, you know, when I was a kid in my, in my teens, I had a video camera and, and, and friends mm-hmm. and we used to make movies. That's why I got into film schools because I loved, I loved being behind the camera. And we, I did make, I had a friend who was really into Dirty Harry and we made a Dirty Harry video <laughs> uh, that, uh, gosh, it was Tommy Merchant, Tom Merchant, but Tommy, Tommy at the time um, played played Dirty Harry. And I remember um, that was my introduction to to Dirty Harry. I, and I, I'd seen some more movies since then. But um, but so I so that was that was my introduction. I think I'd also seen uh, Pale Rider before I saw yes. Forgiven. But I wasn't Pale Riders. I, I don't. That's, I think that was my 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 catch on him that I was like, oh, yeah. so good. Yeah, it was good. Um, but I don't think I had ever seen any of the spaghetti westerns at the time. You know, the the I had the seen a lot the... of those. Okay, my dad was a big big uh, uh, western fan. Like, I mean, it was one of those ones. I, I remember watching Bonanza as a kid, like a lot because my dad would watch it and things like that. He he was into that. A lot of John Wayne stuff. A lot of the spaghetti westerns, a lot of the you know the the good, the bad, the ugly, the jo- uh, outlaw, outlaw Josie Wales, right. things like that. Which is one, which is his first re- western that he directed. Um, yeah, right. A lot of those, you know, just so I I remember mostly the westerns, and like I said, I I did not grow up on the Dirty Harry movies, even though they were out. It wasn't a, a thing that I watched, but I watched all the western stuff that he did, and was a huge huge fan of him, and then. Unforgiven comes out and I'm like this is fucking perfect. I love that movie and I still love that movie. Uh to this day I you know I I I haven't sat down and actually wrote out like what is a top 10, but I remember a couple years ago on Facebook they had like what are what are, you know, it was a 10-day thing where it put up a picture of a a movie that impacted you and this was one of my top my my 10 days was was Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. Um it's one of those movies I still have it on DVD out in, out under my TV. You know, I, I, it's getting, it's, I don't have as much room, so I have to be more selective. I have all the MCU. Uh, I have a lot of other stuff, but Unforgiven is still, still up in there. It's one probably one of the, the, the older ones other than like stuff like Goonies and have some of those, <laughs> uh, some of those other, like, you know, ones from the eighties, you know, some of the, the fast times at Ridgemont high and things like that. That You just... mentioned it, it came out in 1992. This was the, this was my senior year of college when I was actually shooting my thesis <laughs> film for, uh, for film school in San Diego. Um, and so 
I I thought I was the shit. Of course, um, uh, <laughs> I still think you're the shit. <laughs> but but I mean, I I was always going for more of a dramatic flair, and and um, so yeah, a movie like this comes out, and you just kind of like go, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, <laughs> you know, uh, because it really resonates on so many levels. It, it's it it's one of the things that I think it does so well is it's a self-reflection on him as a person. Oh, right. His own career, his Dirty Harry movies, his his previous Westerns that he's done. Because it takes violent movies and and takes them Flips to another level. Even Gene Hackman, who is extraordinary in this movie. I think he won an yeah, Academy he won Award Oscar for this. For, uh... and, yeah, and, and his character is just so interesting to watch but he talked about he never wanted to do another violent movie and until this came along and he read the script and he said no, no, no you know i don't know but he just kept coming back to it and, and so and, originally i think it was it was given to him to have him play um william money which is the clint eastwood character and he, oh really he, he turned oh. it down okay um i didn't know and that. then and then um then they they came back and said no we want you to play little bill who he ended up playing and he still turned it down and it was it was clint eastwood who went and told him he said no you need to look at this from this view yeah read the script with this in mind and he went okay i see what you're saying yeah i'm on board yeah and so yeah it, it took a little bit of of because uh um he, he was more about not wanting to be part of the violent you know, movies and stuff like that, which he went on to do some other shit that was like, well, okay, you're kind of talking out your ass now, but you know, <laughs> well, I, he, I, he I did. think he's done some great stuff. So I've always, well, yeah, <laughs> on screen. it was funny watching him. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I know that guy. I know him from somewhere else too. And I was trying to, you know, I tried to, yeah. Oh, but yeah. I could, I couldn't put my finger on Well, then just the name in, in 92 or now, now, now then, yeah no and i'm like god what gene ha i mean you know everybody knows the name gene hackman that that's ever watched a fucking movie like if you just the name well, is faint you, he you is say famous. that but he hasn't been in a movie in in 20 years i mean i don't know i guess <laughs> no a lot of people are saying he did apparently after uh, a ray romano uh movie Mooseport. Oh, apparently after the Mooseport came out he came out and he said yeah I'm not doing this shit anymore. <laughs> so a lot of people were blaming uh, uh, Ray Romano for killing uh, Gene Hackman's career. And I was like, that's fucking funny. So, uh, no, no, but I mean, you know the name and Gene Hackman and, and uh, Hoosiers is what I figured out finally. Was oh, okay. Was Dennis really, really... Hopper and uh, yeah. Yeah, Gene Hackman. Yeah. And then he's also in another, he was in, uh, was it Tombstone or he's in no. another, another Western He's definitely in another Western. I, I don't Not know which Tombstone. one. I mean, I know him from The Firm and from The uh, Conversation and, and uh, <laughs> uh, French French Connection, which, you know, that's that's a 70s movie that that I think put him on the map. And uh, um, he, there's he, another there was another one that he played because he was it was another. Uh, he's comes across as like a Tommy Lee Jones of today where where he's in Wyatt he Earp. Can, that's what it was. Oh, he's in Wyatt Earp. Oh, yeah. He. Huh. Wyatt Earp. So that, is, is that Kevin Costner? Um, I think so, yes. Yeah, that's right. Wyatt Earp and Tombstone came out at like exactly the same time. Right. But Wyatt Earp <laughs> was a little bit more dramatic and Tombstone was a yeah. little bit more tongue in cheek. And Tombstone oh, was killed it. epic. <laughs> yeah, Val Kilmer as, uh, as his, yeah. uh, you know, um, wh wh who was Doc it? Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday. And, uh, I'll be your Huckleberry. Which, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm your huckleberry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I actually thought about getting that as a tattoo one time. <laughs> just not 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 him, but the picture, but just the words. I'll be your huckleberry. <laughs> I just because yeah, no, he is he fuck kills that role. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. But anyways, yeah. I mean, for. yeah. Let's let's get back. Let's get back to Unforgiven because oh my god, yeah. this is this 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 movie. I mean, for one, the actors in it, right? We got Clint Eastwood as Bill Money. Um, or Mooney, uh, Gene Hackman is Little Bill Daggett, Morgan Freeman as Ned Logan. Yeah, I could love that. Uh, Richard Harris is English Bob. He doesn't <laughs> so have any. Good. He has no screen time with Clint Eastwood, and yet, and and his 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 place in the movie. I think a lot of people think of this movie as too long, or I think Siskel and Ebert notoriously uh, gave it Let a them. thumbs down, or at least uh, one of them did. And mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. They're wrong. He, Richard Harris, his his introduction is so critical and so entertaining to watch. And if how you remove that, him from the movie, it changes the movie does, so much. It does. So I don't know. I don't know how you take him out. But yeah, he he did. He was kind of an interesting character in, in that yeah. he didn't he didn't interact at all <laughs> with with our. Uh, with, uh, I don't want to call him our hero because that's a big question. He's not a hero. No. There's no hero in this movie. There's no hero. There's no villain. It's all obscure. Which is oh, not... I might disagree with you on that. There's some well, villains. I think everyone's a villain if you get down to it. But I do. I just don't think true. That it's true. I, I think I think there's a conversation to be had for every character. There's some level to the villain. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. For sure. Uh, James uh, James uh, Wolvet was the Schofield kid. Right, you wish they would have. You wish they would have cast the kid in uh, Cry Macho as well as they did with this, because I think he was a first time actor in this Unforgiven movie. Yeah, like he, yeah, he would have been about the right age. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of stuff I heard about him, like that. This this kind of like got him like someone someone on one of the podcasts I listened to said that he never acted after this, but apparently he did. So oh no, this I think was his first movie. Yeah. Um, Sal uh, Rubinick was W.W. Bouchamp. <laughs> Bouchamp. Uh, he's done yes, a lot of stuff. The writer. The writer. But not yeah. um, not of letters. <laughs> <laughs> not of letters. They, they keep asking him, you write letters? <laughs> Duke of Death. Uh, <laughs> Francis, of Death. That's right. <laughs> right. Francis Fisher was Strawberry Alice. Uh, apparently, uh, him and uh, um, Eastwood were going out at the time. Like they they were they were a couple. I think uh, she appeared in in uh, in a few of his movies. Yeah, too. I think they uh, they were. Pink I don't know if they were ever married, but he was. They were definitely dating heavily at this point. Um, Emma Thompson as Delilah. No, which Anna, not Emma. Anna. Oh, I'm sorry. Said, I, I think you said Emma, and I I just wanted to correct that because Emma Thompson. It it is was, Anna. Well, she was in the in the recent uh, Disney release, uh, Cruella. Right. Uh, Which is funny because I, I did probably say that and uh, my my vision is blurred a little bit from drinking because I haven't had dinner yet. So uh, oh, that, yeah, I, <laughs> I did see I did say Anna, but it is is or it is Anna, but I did say Emma. So yeah, yeah. that was that was on me. But we all know I can't English well, right? Uh, <laughs> David Emma Nucci, Thompson is a, is a well known <laughs> actor. So yeah, we we want to yeah. make sure that uh, we don't <laughs> confuse our audience. David Mucci, Quick Mike. Uh, You're reading the exact same order of Wikipedia. Is that what you have up right now? <laughs> uh, no, I'm going off IMDb. Oh, okay. Uh, which is my next role from IMD Steve. Oh, do they share information? Wikipedia, they probably IMDb do. go in the same chronological order. <laughs> One of them probably steals wait, from not, the other. Chronological does not make sense. They go in the same order. 
Order of... Could be. Okay, yeah. Uh, Anthony James is Skinny Dubois, which was... This was his last movie. He's he's a... He's an interesting guy. He definitely uh, is a creepy motherfucker. I'll give him that. But he, he played a lot in a lot of westerns. He just has that creepy look. Skinny was um, the, the, the owner of the bar, right? Yeah, Skinny. Yeah. He, he definitely... This, you so said that this was, was that his was, last movie? Yeah, that was his last movie. I recognized him, so I guess he must have been in... Uh... Yeah, well, he was in he was in some other stuff, but he uh, but that this was his last movie, um, if I'm correct. No. Yeah, no, that's what I well I see yeah. under select filmography that's the last one that's listed in uh, yeah. in Wikipedia, but there could be more. Uh, Naked Gun Two and a Half was one of his other one. <laughs> he he did some uh, some Married with Children. Well, um, you know, the, you, uh, unfortunately, Clint well, Clint Eastwood makes some great movies, but but for a last movie, Unforgiven is a great one to go out on. So right, and he played a great part. I mean, and he killed he his part, like, <laughs> and and so did uh, so did Will Money. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's one of the things about this. There's no, there's no one in this that you look at and say they didn't do a good job in their acting. They like there's nobody in there like oh my god that like how no I mean, I mean even the even the, the kids, Schofield kid well I was thinking oh, even, oh, even 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 Clint Eastwood's oh my kids god. They, you know they, they yes hundred percent it it's interesting when you uh, when you look at movies like this that take place a hundred years ago or you know or hundred and forty years ago or what what it took place in the 18, uh, I think it was eighteen. 1890s or, 80s 1880s so so 140 years ago and you wonder what what it was like to communicate and and it's you know and i just mean that how do you deliver a line uh in in a, right. in a time that's that's completely different so you well, have a lot of leeway i guess to to make yeah. it up but uh but even the kids they kind of had this stoicism to them that you know they they were a little bit more uh self-aware of of their <laughs> well, plight you know they they were they were you know pushing pushing hogs around and and identifying uh fever well, yeah they were definitely in a different different time and zone he leaves them two. alone he's like oh you gotta take right. care oh, of yourselves God. like i'm gonna be gone for about two weeks kill a chicken if you need to you know what i'm saying like go see Ta sally two trees if yep like which is like miles away like now you leave your kids to go to the grocery store and they're they're sixteen. You can get arrested because you fucking child abuse. It's like what the fuck. So yeah, it's a it's a whole different level. I mean, but I mean it is, and that's like let's let's get in let's get into the story a little bit. Like so so it starts off with, you know we we have, uh, uh Will Money, Clint Eastwood's character is is on this farm. I mean well we've had we already had some other stuff happen. I mean we. we we don't know. We need to get too deep into yeah. it, but well, well, we're about fifty minutes into this podcast, and and so if you're thinking that we're gonna go do like such a quick little podcast like we did on Cry Macho, you know, <laughs> you're mistaken. This is a movie that we will just continue to talk about as long as you. I, I could, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, so uh, this yeah. might go on for a while. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. go deep dive because. Well, this, I mean, let, let, let's let's get to the beginning. What, how it starts off, right? Yeah. We 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 open up with some 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 scrolling text that talks about you know the 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 marriage of this this comely woman to this fucking bad and guy and it's got a uh, a music is that is that claudia's theme because i keep seeing a reference to claudia's oh. theme that clint eastwood wrote himself 
You know, they did some. It sport. is. It is written by. It is written by Clint Eastwood. So I don't know uh, if it's Claudia's I couldn't, theme. I couldn't. I couldn't confirm whether that was that or not. But uh, pretty impressive that that he had a uh, that it kind of sets a, a musically. It sets a beautiful tone uh, to and and, and uh, to the to the beginning and the end of the movie. Um, right. Yeah. And Claudia, I'm assuming, is his uh, is his wife. Uh, that uh, is only referenced in name mm-hmm. uh, as uh, yeah. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, he does. Him, he does. cured him of his ill ways. You know his <laughs> his drink and you know all his. Yeah, uh, Morgan Freeman's character Ned Logan mentions that uh, later on in this. Like, hey, you wouldn't be doing this if Claudia was around. Okay. So yeah, that might be Cla- yeah. You 100 percent. That might be right. Yeah. So we we start off with that. Then we then we jump over to this picture in a. a rundown kind of room and and <laughs> there's some sex going on and there's some right. noise from another room and a scream and the guy jumps up off of his whore and runs into the room and the guy's getting ready to beat up this 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 whore oh he's livid oh my god yeah just, yeah and the guy tries to stop him at first you know if you and this is this is something that that i've watched several times because this this is one of the ones that bugs me is the guy tries to stop him and you know and he goes oh hold her and which he doesn't guy? really which, which guy the the friend so the or the guy, or the, or, uh, the, uh, the guy that runs in the room he he he's trying to stop the other guy he's like no this isn't right but you know um and then the other guy's ah hold her i'm going to cut this whore and you know and then he he pulls out a big old buck knife and slashes her face and stuff and the other guy's trying to stop him but he's he's just not doing a good job he he doesn't know his jujitsu. <laughs> you know, he could have locked that motherfucker up if he knew some jujitsu. Um, and then, you know, then, then, uh, we don't know the relationship the... of the two either, though, too, because I mean, it could have been like, you know, he's, yeah, the, he's the more, uh, the, the, the background friend, you know, that, that doesn't want to, yeah, doesn't want to hold definitely... back a guy's uh, hand. He, he looks up to him, maybe. True, true. Well, I mean, you know, we get that information too later a little bit that, you know, the whores are looked down upon, which is, is sure. kind of sad that, that that's the whole point. But anyways, Skinny comes up and puts a revolver to the back of his head and, and we get to the point where where little Bill comes in and he's like, you know, these guys cut up Delilah and, and, and we get the whole, the gist about... Well, okay. Well, we get the whole little that, pecker story. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, he, she just laughed at his little pecker, which you know, whether it's true or not, you know, it, he shouldn't have done what he did. And and little Bill, who's the sheriff of the town, decides that he's going to whip him, right? And then right. and then it gets like that's all he's going to get, and that's that's uh, Strawberry Alice is coming up to you know that that's all he gets. He cut her up, and little Bill shows right away that he has no love for the prostitutes or the whores. You know, he he looks at them as a lower than a less than, which is, which is kind of shitty, and which kind of shows that little Bill's character really is kind of a shitty guy. True. If you look but, into but it, it's, uh, but it's Skinny that that makes a case. Well, but yeah. Skinny then changes it and makes a case that they're property. Right. And little Bill goes right along with it. And, yes, and he does. Decides that and decides that yeah. These guys, okay, you're gonna you're gonna bring in five ponies and you're gonna bring in two ponies and that's gonna settle the the property debt. And then when when Strawberry Alice brings it up and she and she goes, well, he uh, little Bill says like, oh, it's not like they're bad boys. It's not like they were you know deviants and doing evils and stuff and looking right at her like you know being a whore. And it's just like motherfucker, you know, it's just. 
regardless, they're a person. Regardless if they're a whore or not, they're a person. And, and right away, Little Bill does not say that and does not show that. And that's that's probably a problem. And this is what really kicks off this entire fucking story. Which? Little Bill's inability to actually do some fucking justice. And Strawberry Alice's inability to accept what was done as justice. So they're both to blame. Well, what? Well, so, but, so they're both to blame. Even though you're you're right off the bat saying little Bill is not giving enough justice, right? But but Strawberry Alice should accept it or not. Well, well, okay. So they're they're both they're both to blame in the fact that little Bill should have probably done more, and Strawberry Alice should have accepted not not necessarily accepted, but like. She should have went about a different avenue to get the justice that she wanted. Like you, she could have. Do you think that if Skinny hadn't spoken up and they ended up whipping these guys and she got to see some blood and some pain, do you think she that might have been changed? a little bit? She might have been a little bit more uh, yeah, because she was pissed off after the fact that they weren't going to get a whipping. You know, I, I wonder. Well, she was also a little mad that that's all they were going to get. Yeah, she wanted one of them dead. But all this still seems very well scripted and very it resonates as truth that you know you when you watch this and you say wow this these characters are real you know i mm -hmm. like that so so your questions are great and you're 100 uh, i mean and, it, so here's the thing is nobody's 100 to blame <laughs> well that's but like nobody's 100 innocent that's either how life sometimes happens when uh, right you know, yeah okay but, but this is what kicks it all off right yeah, so then sure. then the then then we get the 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 whores decide that they're going to come up with some money to to put a bounty out on these two cowboys. You know, They've been and, fucking and... on the side. They got extra cash. And... <laughs> I was like, damn, you saved up $200 at a buck a pop? Damn, girl, you've been putting in the work. Yeah. Well, sometimes um, if you're horny, you just kind of well, that, that, keep Well, that was Silky. Silky, Silky <laughs> had the look. Like, she was, she was no bit, you know, she had her shit together. Yeah. But no, I mean, the, this, is, this is one of the things, like, uh, I love Strawberry Alice as a character, and I hate her at the same time because she was, she was kind of a bully. And this is one of the things that uh, some people didn't really bring up and, and 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 bring to light is the fact that Delilah is kind of taken out of the whole conversation as to what was going on. Oh, absolutely. Strawberry Alice is speaking for her because yeah, yeah. Uh, Delilah is has has no uh no confidence in in what she has to say no yeah yeah and, but but it still resonates as 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 right. real that and it's it yeah. but i mean strawberry alice takes over that whole thing and she kind of bullies those other girls into what she wants yeah she wants justice in sure. her eyes not justice is justice yeah. but justice in her eyes and she bullies the rest into it and Delilah never speaks and, and up. And she's got a little bit. She's got a little bit more age and maturity on on her uh, side, so she probably has some backstory. Well, she's that, definitely that, the head that, whore. Well, I just mean she probably has some backstory that that yeah. that this came from. <clears throat> this wasn't just 
her, oh, her for sure. reading the situation. She probably in the past well, did and not she has, get the she, justice she deserved and so <laughs> is out, out to... Well, she's uh, jaded. She's yeah. jaded for sure. And, yeah. and I mean, she has a great line where she says, look, they, we may let these stinky guys ride us, but doesn't mean we're cattle. Yeah. Right? Or doesn't mean we're horses. Yeah. Well, and, she's and trying it, to fight for women's rights in, a, in kind of an early yeah. early way of... of, uh, of, the, and, of yeah. and I love it. I love the fact that... and it, But it hurts me also in the fact that Delilah never gets her voice in this movie. Oh, yeah, but it. she gets a great compliment from Clint. You know, from, she does, from, but yeah. she never gets her voice. Yeah. And, the, and, and there's so many times that they show it, but they show it in a way that you see it but it never gets seen by the rest of the characters, and it's like yeah. so difficult. But anyway, so we get we get to that, and then so this this bounty is out, and then uh, we we get the scene where where Clint uh, Will Money is is trying to separate pigs with his his son in this <laughs> pig pen, and his daughters look it on, and some of the pigs have the fever, and and this the the Schofield kid shows up, and. Right away, this kid is this just pissing vinegar. He's like, "You don't look like no evil, mean son of a bitch," and and I love it because Clint looks up at him and he's like, "Excuse me, like, <laughs> who the fuck you talking to?" Like, like there's a little bit in there, like you can see it in his eye, like I'll beat the shit out you, motherfucker. Don't <laughs> like there. There's a little bit in there, but it's it it's it's covered up a little bit like part of which it, is perfect but but part of it is probably our own uh, knowledge of who Clint Eastwood is and we're we're <laughs> and, you know you know we see his face we see his expression and all that speaks uh, maybe you know, maybe decades worth of film to where we know exactly what he's capable of so I, so. I saw it more as like <laughs> like like when it, when a when a young pup talks to an old man like there's a there's a reason i, I made it to my age fox like, and the hound I, I, yeah when you see the yeah. old animated fox and the hound oh my hound dog you know and it, well it's like you got to ask yourself how did i get to be old because i'm smart enough to get there motherfucker yeah. like you know young bucks young bucks don't give give old dudes some the credit they deserve sometimes like like knowledge no. is uh, is always better than piss and vinegar from a youth um yeah, I've showed that several times when I've had to spar with young kids and they think they're badass and they come at you and they got, yeah, they got all the piss and vinegar, they got all the stamina, but knowledge will fuck them up every time. And, and so that, I mean, that's what I saw in it. And, and to me, it was maybe, maybe it's me being older too, watching it again. I saw it a little bit more, but I love the fact that he's kind of like, you know, he goes through the whole, like, okay, I'm going to talk to this kid and finds out. And the kid, you know, tells him he's like he knows his his old partner, and he's like, he said you're you know you're the most evil motherfucker. If I ever need to do a killing, that that you're the guy I should come help get help from. And he tells him the story, and this is where, this is where some underlying shit hits. And um, one of the things that happened in this movie was that there's a lot of personas that are pushed out there, and there's a lot of. Um, uh, stereotypes that are done from westerns and this is one where it starts to like like starts to hit and he's like he's like they they well that's they, how they, they begin cut. they always begin yeah. with the stereotype and they yeah. slowly start to break them down and whittle them down well, yeah but every one of these characters have one right we yeah. got the kid who 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 basically is looking for that reputation rep yeah oh. he's he, you know, well he, he, he's selling his reputation i've killed 50 50 people and and i think uh, he said five 
said five and even a Mexican, whichever, yeah. whatever that means. I don't know why Mexicans are so yeah. much tougher because he came at him with a knife. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's, he's selling how much he's a badass and they call me the Schofield kid. And he's like, cause you're from Schofield. It's like, no, cause of my revolver that I carry. And it's like, okay, yeah. first off, if you give yourself a nickname, you're a dipshit. That's, that's just how it rolls. <laughs> like that's, that's what I got off of that one. But anyways, and, and so they start that off and he, but what I was gonna say is he tells him he tells him like oh they they cut her up and they they cut her you know they cut her face and they cut her ears off and they even cut her teats right and uh, and so that that that's you know w- what happens and he's like you know what I ain't interested I that that isn't me anymore and the kid even hearing off all that it, you could tell that it that it resonated but but it's like no yeah. Yeah. Well, but what was great though is is like when when he, when he's sitting there and his kids come back and he's like, "Pa, I can't get these damn you know I love, I love this part. I can't get the damn hogs apart." And he's like, "Go back and try again and watch your language." I was like, <laughs> like that was pretty funny, and that just cracked me up. But uh, you know, so he, the kid rides off and you know he's like thinking Schofield he's looking kid, at right, sh- right. Yeah. yeah the Schofield kid and 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 Clint Eastwood's character is thinking about it and he's like damn you know what I got to do something to make this life better for these kids and so he pulls out his old pistol and he goes out to shoot a can <laughs> and he can't hit that shit for nothing like takes like six shots at it until he gets his it, shotgun go- out <laughs> goes out and gets a shotgun and then blasts it and then I love it because the do- the daughter looks up at the son and is like did Paul used to kill people? Like, <laughs> like, like, and the boys looking at him like, I don't know, but I ain't saying shit because I don't want to be the one, you know. And then and, he tries to and, mount the horse. Oh, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I, I heard a little bit about this, and and so this was a a old cowboy trick. If you watch, and it's funny, like I, I literally watched to see this is. There's a technique where you put your elbow into the neck of the horse while you're holding on to the reins, and it makes the horse turn away from you. So Clint Eastwood is actually doing this in in the filming. He's literally forcing the horse to turn away from him as he's doing that. And it's like, I'm like, that's some good shit right there. Nice. Like, that's that's some know cowboy that. knowledge. And now that yeah. you know it, you probably see it. And, and I do, yeah. yeah. I see it, and I watch it, and I'm like, but... The cool part is, and someone else brought this up, is like the casting in the in the the they casted that horse, like for for William Money, you don't you don't go get the fucking muscled out like stallion that like you know you normally see you know a uh, uh, the the cowboy ride in like oh my god that's a magnificent horse no you get an old mangy mare that's like that shouldn't be ridden anymore. Like, and they did, they casted a horse essentially in this, that fit the character of what this horse should be like, Oh, hasn't been ridden in three years. And I was like, damn, I mean, they, they didn't miss a beat on anything in this movie. You talk about, uh, riding a horse and, and, and just to go back to cry macho. Um, Mm. I I did see something about, about how much the production crew (laughs) were freaking out because, because Clint Eastwood actually, you know, did ride a horse, you know, being 90 and, uh, they were worried about, Oh, but he didn't break that horse. He wasn't riding that horse (laughs) when they broke it. No, no way. (laughs) That was such a bad body double. Like that, that body double had a hundred pounds on him. A hundred, like for sure. I was like, yeah, you know, you, you talk about weight and that was something that was, was tough to watch at a 90 year old Clint Eastwood because he just seemed so frail. And like when he he was was walking, 
when he was walking, he yeah. had that old man walk where yeah. they only take about a six inch step. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh man. Yeah. Here's he here's made an interesting that punch so unbelievable when he beat that guy. Oh my god, that line. punch was so bad. Yeah. So so bad. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyways, we get we get Clint Eastwood. He decides that he's gonna ride off and and catch you know catch up to this kid and and uh, join this. Uh, <laughs> bounty to get some money and, and catch and his partner along the way yeah get his partner yeah ned well that's that's the next part where we this is this was some of the best part of the movie uh, uh, god there's so many good parts i don't know I about that even, yeah no but... i mean there's so many good parts but i just th this is another scene though where the acting really kills it like um so this is where we first see morgan freeman and uh you know he rides up and he turns around and you could just that first introduction between the two of them, you can tell that these guys were friends. This would be like if I hadn't seen you in a while and you came over to the house, like I'd turn around like, oh, shit, it's Steve. Like I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> but you like, know who resonated the, the most? For, for me, this scene, it was his engine wife. <laughs> Sally Tutrees? Is, is, no, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. that's Sally Tutrees. And, you know, not one speaking role at all. It, it no, no voice. Oh, she only had one face. Yeah, it was. It was just this look <laughs> that you, you know, it just looked. You could read it how you wanted to, but it looked like <laughs> who, what the fuck are you doing here? And <laughs> you better get your hell, get the hell out of here. But well, but she, she knew him with who he was before. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, but yeah, why are you here? And you're taking yeah. my man. And and it was just. <laughs> it was this. She knew that she's probably not going to see her husband ever so this, again. So this this was one of the things right. I was bringing up earlier is is when he tells him the story of why he's why he's heading south, right? Why he's following this kid is he escalates the story. He does. These, he goes these, he goes from ears to fingers. Is that what you mean? And cut out her eyes. Well, the eyes like, I think I think the Schofield kid said eyes. But, but he he escalated he said, the story. He went from ears to fingers. He said, yeah. I, I think that was the the difference." He, he escalated for sure. I mean, there's there's definitely an escalation in it, and it's one of those things that resonates throughout the story. Is like, and this is this is one of the things that um, people talk about with this movie is that it really debunks the whole Western mythology of like how how these 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 outlaws were and like the 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 dime the dime stories or i can't think the the penny stories that were written about them like how how much bullshit they really were we get that a little bit later with the with the, yeah. the writings of well, the, the duck of death it's it's but interesting it, because we are so influenced by movies you know we look at this true. and say oh this this is throwing the genre on upside down and and that's interesting, but you look back on those movies and you say, but there's so many of them. Obviously, there's some reality in these characters. At the same time, that's the reality is is the fact that they all kind of resonate that same sort of machismo, you know, the same sort of theme theme with Crime Macho, <laughs> where where it's it's the the hero that's that's riding into the sunset after he's he's uh, you know had his revenge on whatever, but. But it, it, it's interesting to, to know that we never really were a part of that world. So all we're basing it on is these movies that we've seen. Well, we're also basing it off of the stories. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the dime lore. story, the, the, lore. the dimes. Yeah. Yeah. God, I can't think of what, it, but this, the written text, like like what we get from Beauchamp, that shit was real. Yeah. Those guys really wrote those and, and they're, they're so much dramatized and, and stuff like that. And and that's what we get later on. I don't want to talk about it just yet, but 
we get with English Bob and we get with Little Bill and stuff like that. The tall that, that, tales. They're tales yes. of, uh, that, that were meant to kind of inspire or tell stories. It's yeah, like, well, I think that's... Because that was people's television. That was their, <laughs> they didn't well, that's have why I think that's, that's what he was trying internet. to say is... Yeah, that's what he was trying to say, though, is like, hey, you know, it, it's like the... the the history is written by the, the the winners like you know yeah if you you hear a story about wild bill from wild bill he's gonna tell you yeah i did this i did this and did this but who really fucking knows but and it's so addictive too and we see what happens <laughs> oh, with fuck. uh with little bill yeah the, the oh my god it, oh know, look at what we do with internet now we're so like not all of us but oh my god so many people are just like oh my god what did they do i need to know how they made their dinner you know, it's <laughs> wait. I don't know where you go with that. Celebrities, <laughs> okay. like we're everybody's like following these celebrities. Like, oh my god, I need to know everything they did. Anyways, so Bill talks talks uh, Ned into following him. He doesn't. Well, it's interesting because he he tells him what's going on, and Ned's like, I I don't know about that. But then he says something. He's like, Oh, you got that old Schofield uh, rifle, and he's like, Oh yeah. And then oh yeah, and it's framed right over his head. Yeah, you know when he shot. walks into the frame, it's like, yeah. okay, they're gonna talk something about this rifle. <laughs> sure enough, yeah, <laughs> Schroeder's gun. Uh, but anyways, uh, but anyway, so he 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 goes with him, whether it's because he wants that last ride with his buddy, or or he feels he needs to go, whatever it is, it, it's definitely a, a a poignant moment where it's like, yeah, I'm going with you. Yeah, and and. In a sense, it makes Ned's character a little bit guilty from the standpoint that if he rode with this character that has a lot of baggage, then he must have done some bad shit himself. Um, so, with, do you believe which, any of these people did do some bad shit? No, no. Obviously, I mean that comes out a lot of this. But but he's a character that that one of the few that that you can sympathize with that he oh for sure did not deserve his his demise at the same time. Uh, he, yeah. he likely did, considering he rode with with. Uh, I, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. That's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. In the end, you're like, oh man, he got he got wronged. But um, we're but only anyways, seeing they... a sliver of time. So, and and all these characters, we're just seeing a sliver of time. And really, the Schofield kid is the only one that you know. He took a shovel to that that guy that came with him as with a knife, and that was about it. And then he killed the guy taking a shit. In yeah, the, but in well, shit. that was the thing though. Is is we get we get later on that he was trying to build that reputation. He yeah. wanted to be part of that life until he was part of that life, and then it's like, oh fuck, I don't want to be part of this life. Yeah, that's something so, I want to talk about a little bit later. What drives <laughs> the violence and unforgiving? Oh, I got I got I got some yeah. whole. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of shit. Um, but anyways, uh, we 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 cut back to this is where we get introduced to to uh, English Bob. Right, we start off on the That's train. That's true, shot. and it's great how they transitioned in English Bob because it's it's such a dramatic shift. It's like we're gonna we're gonna change gears and go with something completely new. And well, I, they, yeah, they started off. He's talking. He's 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 <laughs> one of those. He's a loud mouth. You know, he's having a conversation, but he's having it for like four or five people back. Like, like if you're in a, if you're in a normal place and you're talking to a friend, you're talking to a certain level. He he is well above that because he wants everybody to listen to him. And this is, is Richard Harris. Much... This is Dumbledore. This is <laughs> fuck this yeah, is, yeah, <laughs> fuck so, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so this is a this is an actor that's been around for generations and can command this role so well. <laughs> so okay, so because I knew that, 
going into this last watch. The last right? watch. Watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. just watching it again. I heard Dumbledore so many fucking times <laughs> when he's speaking. I was like, God damn, it sounds the same. I'm like, I just expect him to like whip out a wand yeah. and start fucking. But here's a character actor that can that can. Yeah, you know, he killed it. He can he encompass Dumbledore and at the same time encompass. <laughs> English Bob that that have you know that that are so yeah. you know fathoms apart and yet and yet still make the characters resonate and know? just 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 so you know that was the biggest travesty that happened to the Harry Potter movies was that he died after the I know you one. you didn't care for the the new replacement oh but... fuck no hate that guy <laughs> hate him so bad so anyways yeah no one of the biggest things but uh, so English Bob. One of the coolest characters in this, not coolest as like, oh my God, he's so cool, I want to be him, but just he did such a great job with what he his part of this movie. His part of this movie was to show um, a certain personality of the West, this pompous guy who who was who was a, a an outlaw, was a uh, was a, a gunslinger, was this 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 guy that you know people looked up to because he he was someone that could kill people in, in, but also in, in, but also hired a uh, someone to write a book about him too and brought him along oh yeah <laughs> so oh, yeah so oh, he, he, yeah. He, he had an ego fuck. oh my god biggest ego in the movie on one uh, <laughs> i'd say a little bit a little bigger but has that has that big ego but that's i mean that's what they were trying to show that look there's a lot of these gunslingers that that is what they do that's is who they are um, and this was this is this was interesting. What they did is they took take the kid, right? He's trying to set up this this personality. He's trying to set up this this uh, machismo in himself, and he's trying to set up this name for himself of oh, I'm a I'm a gunslinger. I'm a I'm a killer. I'm a this. Bob is doing the same thing essentially, but he's living off of it. Like, oh, yeah, I've done this thing, and this is who I am, and fear me, and stuff That's like true. that. That's true, and he's even making some money off of it when he goes out and starts shooting birds and, and off yeah. the train. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we get we get the personalities, and so uh, great introduction. And, like, you know, the one guy calls him, I was like, oh, listen up, that might be, you know, English Bob trying to get you to try and reach for his gun so he can shoot you, and it's like... It, it's almost he, like he's a con artist. It's like... Oh, fuck, play, he is. Yeah, yeah, it's just a he big is. con, and he goes out, he makes 70 bucks off of uh, off of his... Uh, I don't know what it is, but something like that. I think it was only seven. I think seven, it was only seven dollars. Seven dollars? Okay, maybe you're right. That, which, is, which is like a hundred bucks, our, our money, now. Like I don't easily. know what it translates to, but yeah. It was... Yeah. It was, it was uh, thick coin. It was a dollar was a pheasant. Dropped. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Dollar a pheasant. Yeah. yeah, and he won like eight to one or something like uh -huh. that. So he so he's got a good shot. He he knows he is he's yeah. accurate when it comes to he, he's shooting legit. birds. <laughs> yeah, he's legit. I mean, he he killed the Chi you know Chinese men for for the railroads and stuff. He he's not he's not a lie in a sense, but he yeah. also lives off of the that's the right when they're, when they're coming into Big Whiskey and there's the Chinaman. I say Chinaman because that's how they refer to him walking out, yeah. and he like has that little like you know the, little, the, the uh, finger gun the finger gun and like. You know, and a little grin. Yeah, it's, it's like, ah, it's nice. Yeah. So anyways, we get that. And then he, he does, he goes into to Big Whiskey and, and we see the, the, the other big catalyst of this whole movie, the sign, no weapons allowed in Big Whiskey. That's going right. to play a huge part in this movie. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> That's still playing a huge part in our country, gun control and stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah. 
see how it works in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's get it. So it cuts back to to uh, to Nate and uh, or not Nate, Ned and and Will riding, which I love the conversation. <laughs> Ned Ned's asking oh, him like, right? It's all about sex. <laughs> it is. Ned's a horny Jerking motherfucker. <laughs> Ned's a horny motherfucker. He's like, so do you miss it? He's like, uh, you know, and he's like, well, what do you so, use your hand? <laughs> do, you, do you realize with this script? So Clint Eastwood, when he when he got the script. He talked to to the the scriptwriter Peoples. I don't I don't remember his first name, but something Peoples, uh, who's 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 done some other other good stuff that wrote the script. He wanted to uh, to adapt it a little bit, make some changes and stuff. He cracked. He took a crack at it and started making a lot of changes and stuff. And by the end, he's like, nope. This all sucks, and he went completely back to the original. Mm -hmm. He called him up and said, "Nope, I'm back to I'm back to your script. I'm not going to change a thing." Yeah. So, so it sounds like he went back to the original script. So, yeah, which means this is all original script from this. Uh, uh, yeah, it was one, Dave uh, Dave Webb Peoples who who Peoples, also okay. wrote. Um, he did the screenplay for Blade Runner, Twelve That's Monkeys. He, he he assisted with the screen. I don't. I mean, because that was an adaptation from. Uh, um, yeah, but he did the the screen this uh, the screenplay okay. for uh, screenplay for Twelve Monkeys, Twelve Monkeys. Soldier. Oh my God, Brad Pitt. There's uh -huh. a movie. Uh, and a couple other things. So yeah, he he he's definitely he's definitely had a pretty good hit with some certain certain stuff. So yeah, that was David Webb. Uh, people's yeah, no, I did hear that that he didn't really change a lot. Yeah, it it just it, and it works. Everything that's in the script really works. So yeah, we get that conversation, but then then Which we seems get the like biggest... ahead of its time because we didn't get many conversations, <laughs> especially in westerns, about masturbation. You know, <laughs> we don't get that about masturbation in hardly anything. But yeah, he's like, well, "What do you do? Just use your hand?" I mean, I guess so. Like, I really don't care about it anymore. Which is another one like that first night they're sleeping out uh, under the stars. The first night, he's, uh, Ned's like, "Oh, I, I sure miss my wife." And then the next night, he's like, he's I like, sure miss my bed, <laughs> which is pretty yeah. funny. He's like, I, I miss my wife. He's like, oh, sorry about that. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, of course, money's uh, wife. Yeah, money, dead. money's wife's been dead for three years. Um, but then we get the, the, the first big, I think, pivotal scene in really setting the character for, for Little Bill, a little bit for English Bob, and kind of what the – what's really going to happen. And this is where English Bob is in the, the, the barber bullshitting about the queen and how, you know, you couldn't assassinate a queen because you would, you would uh, freeze up and all this. And he walks out of the barber and then all the, the, the deputies and little Bob are sitting there guns drawn on him. And he's in, and he right away recognizes him as English Bob and, and English Bob recognizes little bill. There's, there's something that he says and I can't, I can't, remember what it is exactly but it's like oh fuck like he knows exactly what's about to go down kind of thing and they go through the whole well, you, the whole you, thing you know there's a really interesting scene that that kind of is right before that with all the the, the, deputies, the deputies the deputies that and they're they're wondering about about little bill and his reaction to to uh english bob and and it i it's effective in that it how how it kind of carries the characters forward and kind of gives them a little bit more life through the eyes of these deputies. I I, I appreciate scenes like that. 
Yeah, they're they're talking about oh, is he gonna be scared? And one guy's yeah. like the one the one guy with no arm was like nah nah he was this, which is pretty funny. And then you got you got the fat the fatso I think his name is actually fatso, and he's all <laughs> like I don't want to get shot when it's cold. Everything hurts more when you're cold. <laughs> uh, that's just, a scene that that you would expect to be cut if they're trying to trim down the movies because it doesn't. But yeah, care. you're right. But, it does. But I I like that sort of stuff in that in that it just brings a different perspective to the, yeah. to the characters. Yeah. Well, it also shows a, a difference in in the lawmen that are there that are just regular guys and the little Bill character. Yeah. Right? It shows what, what real people would be as lawmen. Like, they're a little scared. They're a little worried. They're, like, not sure. They don't want to die. They're, they're, they're afraid to make this confrontation. Where yeah. Then when we get little sure. Bill, little Bill almost looks forward to it. He's a little too anxious to get involved. Well, they, although they actually said he, he looked a little concerned. Uh, that I don't know if he looked. No, I, no, I think I. No, I'm just I saying think opposite. I'm just saying that's what they said. They actually yeah, said but, that. They said oh, he looked a little bit concerned. Oh. You know, huh? Little little Bill, like he he rivals in this shit. He he's all about that. I I don't know if he rivals it, but once uh, once the writer comes on board. He does, you know, yeah. Well, that's that's but that's, that's where we get the big change. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like right away, yet. yeah, we're not there right yet. away. We get the we get the confrontation between uh, English Bob and and Little Bill. <laughs> we get this great this... scene with uh, with uh, Skinny Skinny showing up at his house when oh when right, right when he's building when he's building the house, which I thought looked gorgeous at the time. But I love how the house every time you see it, it gets worse and worse. It's like it's like at first it's like he's talking about you know having having a cup of you know drinking on a the porch and stuff porch. yeah and watching the sunset and then and then they slowly they, every every so, time you see it more it, it's like it's flooding and the and you start seeing the angles that are thrown off and that and that's what they say during the scene with the deputies where he's like he can't he's not a carpenter worth shit you know he yeah there's there's not a straight angle in the whole thing <laughs> yeah so. Here's here's an interesting thing that someone brought up that 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 house is a parable to uh, little Bill can't find a home anywhere like he can't he's trying to build a place to be a home but he's still that outlaw he's still he can't figure out how to make I I make like that home. I like that that idea that poetic yeah. representation of this movie and and you know if you look at the two main characters you've got you've got um, uh, Money, you got Will Money and Little mm -hmm. Bill. They both are William, which means okay. they're they're kind of if if from a from a screenplay point of view, someone who's writing a screenplay, if they're gonna call the main character Will Money <laughs> and the and the main protagonist in this case, who's kind of the sheriff or or the other way around, however you want to play it, the uh, call him Little Bill. They both are the same William character and two polar opposites. It's it's a poetic way of looking at these characters. Oh, oh my God! And you're right. When you say that polar opposites, in a way, you nail it. Yeah. And we haven't got there yet, but uh, yeah, they they definitely definitely have a an opposition type. Yeah. It's one of those things more... that when you hear it, I, I'm I'm getting chills while while I'm <laughs> just, just just because this movie is it is so well scripted and at the same time. Yeah. Uh, has oh we're just, not even halfway enough, through it either. Yeah, okay, <laughs> enough poetry. So, just, kind of but one of the one of the things that this shows, and and so the, in this interaction between uh, Little Bill and and English Bob, is that we we figure out that Little Bill is kind of a uh, 
kind of a bully in the aspect. He he comes in there as as the sheriff, and and I understand what he's doing in the fact that hey, we don't we don't allow guns in in the city, and so he's like, I, I need you to relinquish your guns. And and right away, English Bob is like, well, what if you don't see it? More so if you don't hear it. And he's like, yeah, no, you need to give it up because because that's some bullshit. We don't play that game. And so he gives it up, and then he's he's starting to walk away, and then, and then he goes, "What about that 32? And the the look on his face is like on oh, Richard Harris's face, yes, yeah, and on English Bob Richard Harris, he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck, okay, you you got me." But then this is okay. That's all good. Like if if he would have just taken the 32 and walked away, like this would have been a whole different movie, and English Bob uh, would have walked away and done his thing, and and Little Bill would have been a different character. But nah, this is where Little Bill takes the turn. This is where shit gets fucking real and you go, nope, you're a fucking bad guy. Well, I, I, I think there is a reason for it. He does not want people coming in. and I get uh, the reason, but no, it doesn't mean he's not a fucking asshole and a no, bad guy. No, I agree with you there. I, I don't think this is good. I just think that his motivation is driven by he doesn't want people coming t- to collect the bounty on, on these two... Right, uh, the, the two these cowboys. two people that 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 cut up Delilah. So looking for the horse gold. Right, right, and uh, he will go to extremes to protect his town. So wh- whether or not that is, you know, we you talked about we talked about Wyatt Earp earlier with uh, with <laughs> Val Kilmer and and you know you can look at these characters and and say these are great characters, but they're doing kind of the same sort of thing. Wyatt Earp is like. Hell well, no! You're not gonna you're not gonna come into my town and do this. I'm gonna kill you. So there's a diff- there was a difference in this. Okay. He had he had him completely unarmed. Yeah, he he did. He, he took all of his weapons away. He took all his weapons, and he has six fucking deputies with guns on him. So it's not like Wild Bill or uh, English Bob is gonna do anything back. Like this is this is this is a this is this is this is a, <laughs> this is basically like. I'm the big kid on the block. I'm going to take your fucking ice cream and I'm going to kick you. Like, there was nothing that English Bob could do. This was a fucking bully move beyond a bully move. He didn't need to do this to say that, hey, I'm not going to let people come into my town. He could have just said, hey, look, I took your guns. You need to get the fuck out and don't come back. And and that shit would have been done. But no, he beats the shit out of him. Then it gets even worse, right? We get it. We get later on. There's another scene. It's I'm, I'm gonna jump right to it because because we're talking about In the it. Prison cell. There's the prison cell, and and he's t- and he now is talking. He's taking Beauchamp. Uh, Shit, this is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. So it's a fucking on. fabulous scene, oh, but yeah. it also shows what a fucking shithead, what a shit bad guy, mean motherfucker Bill is. This I is think, where I think he is caught up in the whole. You know he's got the writer right there. Yes, and he is. This is where it flips. He is intoxicated by by the yes. fact that he can be he can be <laughs> like you know preserved okay. in celluloid or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk. About, this is where we get yeah. the Duke of Death, right? Yeah. The Duke of Death. <laughs> the Duke of uh, Death. He starts talking. To, he, he he's writing these stories and he's reading this this book that the 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 Beauchamp character had written about English Bob and uh. he's talking about the story of the 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 fighter that that English Bob apparently killed and 
two gun i can't remember the guy's name two gun something and he was named two gun not because he had two gun but because he had a big dick and bob <laughs> you know bob shot him at you know it's just one oh, of those yeah. things he tells like, a, a harrowing story about why why english bob has no yeah. right to be be honored which is in, in, which is another so this was the thing that i was like okay but was he really there or does he just is he just making up another story that he heard like, well, we saw the re- expressions of English Bob. I got the impression yeah. that that a lot that of this he was knew true. It was true. Yeah. But anyways, some of the stuff he says is like he he can't abide by a, a coward and and a low. Uh, what do you say? God, there's uh, fuck. I can't think of it. Anyways, he basically assassin. He, 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 he mentions assassin. yeah. He says assassin and a low character, low character person. So he's 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 got this this god complex about himself and then he Ooh, takes over this good. that's good yeah same, the same <laughs> idea that that english bob is and he's like oh i want i'm gonna be the new duck of death i'm gonna be the new guy that you're writing about <laughs> well said you know he shits on 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 english bob's story but yet all of a sudden he's telling his own like he ain't he doesn't got a stink on him yeah but it's when he starts talking about how people deal with duels and, yes, and, and, uh, and how it's it, hard to kill a man. How it's hard to kill a man, and he and he gives Desch, uh, the uh, what's his name, Duchamp. Uh, Duchamp. What, what's his? Yeah, he gives he gives uh, he gives the, uh, the, the letter writer. Uh, yep, <laughs> a gun. Duchamp. And, and Duchamp. basically says, "Point it at me." And oh, so that this is, is this is a brilliant scene. It is. It, it's like he's like, well, you know, he's like, give it to him. And he goes, "Well, is it loaded?" And he goes, "Well, it wouldn't do you any good if it wasn't." Right. He's like, now point it at me. Now you got to cock it, and and Bouchamp just doesn't know what to fucking do. And then this is where it gets even crazier, and this is where where Bill loses his shit. This is where you kind of look down at him even more. Is he's like, he goes to take the gun from him. Bouchamp's like, well, what if I give it to him? Talking to Bob, <laughs> and he's like, give it to him. Go and, ahead, and yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. But then, but then it's then he changes his. He's like, no, give it to him, and he gets this this command in his voice like no give him the gun because he wanted to shoot english bob bloodlust going to, on there yeah he absolutely. wanted to kill him and uh you know so it's it's one of those things and and bob you know he's he's looking at us like ah oh, fuck and then he takes it away and he goes like like if he would have grabbed it and it was empty he still would have got shot and then he starts dropping the bullets I, out and it's just like that oh yeah like you know, to me the, the, the bullets dropping out didn't resonate with me it was the it, oh it, 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 i mean to me, I don't think English Bob had any, no, I any think he did. clue that that regardless if he took the gun, that little Bill would have shot him on the no, spot. I, I oh no, he thought he knew Bill would shoot him if yeah, he grabbed the gun. I don't think he would have grabbed had the gun an, even if it was loaded. No, I don't think. He I think he no, I think he did. He had an idea in his he mind. He did. Like, he did based on the script, but I don't think that was necessary. That's all I'm I, saying. I, well, no, I think it was. I think it was perfect because it was like you know what, I have a shot. I have a chance. I have a 49% chance that if I grab this gun, I might make it out of this alive. But if this backstabbing motherfucker didn't put bullets in it and I can't tell from here, I got zero chance. But, and so he okay. went with that. So what if they did the scene where he actually showed the bullets that were in there and then he, I think Bob would have grabbed it. You think Bob would have grabbed Bob, it? I, I don't Bob, know because Bob would. was cut. I think Bob was cocky enough that he thought he was badass. I, I don't know when when uh, little Bill pull, puts his hand to his to his uh, gun. It, I I thought yeah, but he but was just... was Bob was a cocky motherfucker. Okay, he, he you know there's there's okay. certain guys that that even in the eyes of you know like oh this guy might beat me, but I believe in myself. Yeah. So I think there was a chance. I, it, but anyways, what it showed is that 
Bob wanted to kill him. Yeah. Bob wanted him to grab that gun because he wanted to shoot him. And so it shows that Bob is not necessarily a good guy. Sure. But it also had a great, great line. He said, "It take it's a it's a big thing to kill someone. It takes a lot, you know, and, yeah. which is true." And and, and so that it's plays funny. out especially in the last scene when we see. Oh, it plays out in so much yeah. other too. Yeah. yeah it's, well, this is this is a lot yeah. where these personalities. Uh, we get later on. Uh, Will says it's a hell of a thing to uh, to kill a man to take away everything he's got and everything you will ever have. Yeah, kind of thing, and. Um, you know, English Bob was talking about killing a man, like where where he was talking about to assassinate a queen or a king when a royalty. It's like you you would stand up in front of the presence and you would your hands would shake, uh, you know, with with fear and stuff like that. And and uh, that's true. He's really about, caught up in royalty. Yeah. Well, right I mean, it's that. it's yeah. yeah. There's a lot. And then like you know, and we talked about Ned. You know, later on, he loses his nerve when when it comes time to to do what he came to do and the killing a man, where it shows that he doesn't have that that fortitude anymore to or or, or whatever it is. I, I, it's not really a, a fortitude thing, but he doesn't have what it takes to take another life at that point anymore. You know, maybe maybe if he was at gunpoint and meant himself for them, but he just doesn't have the 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 gumption to just take someone's life to just take it kind of thing. So there's a lot about right. what and it takes. He to doesn't have enough whiskey in his system to, to make that. <laughs> he doesn't have enough beans, too, which it, is something that, that money talks about every, you know, he talks about, you know, he was, drunk the whole killing. Time. he was drunk the whole time. And that's his, well, I, lo I love the line so. from, from uh, Ned from, uh, um, you know, uh, Morgan Freeman's character when he's like, Oh, we were young. We were full of beans. That line to me is so funny because it just seems so out of place. It's like, like is this is this a Disney movie? Like we were, we were full of beans, and but I mean, but when it comes time to shoot somebody, he apparently is a couple beans short because he, he doesn't do it. He can shoot a horse, but he can't shoot a. Oh God! Uh, yeah, right. Oh, that was so. Uh, that actually hurt me a little. Is that, that, that the one... scene we're at? Because you already kind of no, talked no, about no, no, no. We've jumped. We were jumping around, but no, we're we were. Cause no, 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 we're not even close to that yet. This is this is this is where Wild. Uh, I'm sorry, Little Bill. I keep calling him Wild Bill. Little Bill sets up the the English Bob kind of you know beat down scene. Um, then we kind of get to uh, you know he, Little Bill goes back to the whores and and starts backing him around, asking for the money and stuff like that, and you know demanding stuff and just he he just looks worse and worse as the movie goes through. Um. Uh, we get the, we get some of the more scenes with them sleeping out, but we never even we I think we skipped over it a little bit. But there's a scene where um, Ned and Will are coming up, they're riding along, and and all of a sudden someone's shooting at them. This this has a little bit of the comedy in the film where where the kid apparently is shooting at them, and <laughs> they jump off their horses, and the kid is shooting all over the place, and they're like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> like they can't understand it, and right. it's funny because. Uh, this, this, there's a whole running theme in this with uh, with Will and the horse where he has a hard time dealing with the horse. Like he, All the way through it, he has a hard time getting back on it, but even getting off the horse when they dive off, like <laughs> you can see him stumble off the horse and he fucking lands on his face and breaks, like his nose is bleeding. And right. he's like, oh, he's like, shot. What, he's what like, happened? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, nah, I just fell off the horse bad. <laughs> the whole thing, he just, he can't get on the horse right. It was just pretty funny. Um, but they finally, they finally, you know, yell out of yell out to like the kid, hey, it's it's me, and then they come up and he's like, well, why do you have a why do you have a partner? He's like, well, 
this is my old partner Ned, and you know he's coming along. We'll we'll split it three ways, and the the kids like, nine splitting shit, fuck you, and they both are like, all right, well they get back on their horses and start to ride away, and it's like kids are like, oh wait wait wait, um, let me change my mind here real quick, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, it, this is this is probably the only comedy throughout the the whole movie is this little area. This is where they start riding off too, and they and they uh, point out the fact or they figure out the fact that the kid can't see shit. And it's it's the point where uh, Ned's looking over uh, on the horizon and he sees some storm clouds and the kid's like, "What are you looking at?" And he's like, "Well, them storm clouds." They're like, "Oh, I saw them. I wasn't worried." And they're like, "What the fuck's this kid talking about?" They start riding later on and 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 Ned Ned's figuring shit out and he goes he goes, "Yeah, you you see that hawk up there?" He's like, "I can shoot that hawk down." And the kid looks up and the funny thing is is they 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 turn the camera back to to uh will's character uh eastwood and he looks up in the, the sky like what the fuck's ned talking i don't see no bird and then the kids are like oh yeah i could i could shoot that bird too and that's when ned like oh there ain't no bird up there you're blind as fuck and then, you know we get the the standoff and the kid pulls his gun out on, on him and you know they they figure out the kid's blind which is kind of funny you're like <laughs> you, you you know the kid you're like why would he you know what's What's going through his mind? If he's blind, what the, you know, it brings up that thing is like, you know, maybe he knew originally that that was the case. And he just is like, I have to find something that shows that I'm, I'm strong or powerful. And, you know, it, it you, you, later on through this thing, you kind of feel for the kid a little bit, you know, he, he's, he's trying to make a name for himself, but he's doing it about all the wrong ways. And, He's he's probably read those 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 books those those Duke of Death books and, and <laughs> got the stories from his dad, and he thinks that's that's the way to be a man and stuff. And so I I got crazy. I gotta I gotta uh, spoil something in the climax because I think one of the funniest lines is in the climax when when he shoots uh, the the bar the bar uh, owner. And, and they say you killed him, and he wasn't even armed. <laughs> and 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 Clint Eastwood says, like, "We should have been. He should have armed himself. He should armed himself." I thought that was hilarious. So, oh, so it was. You, you you talk about humor, and I just wanted to point that out that I thought yeah. that was the funniest moment. <laughs> so I was I was looking down my notes real quick, and, and I want to bring this up before I forget about. Do you think John Wick pulled anything from this movie? Because at the end of this movie, I was thinking, like, fuck, you know what would have been a great line? <laughs> Clint Eastwood's like, everybody keeps asking me if I'm back. Well, yeah, damn it, I'm back. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> what was the line? I mean, he does say, um, I'm always lucky when it comes to killing. And to yeah. me, that that resonated with his do you feel lucky punk line oh, from yeah. Dirty Harry. So I, I, think, uh, I think there's... There's certainly things. Well, that's that, that's both Clint Eastwood. I, I was talking about John Wick. And I, I know. I'm just I'm just saying that it, it's fair. There's to one other line to to, to 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 steal lines and kind of resonate and kind of pop around with. with well, the, there's the one other line in this that really hits it too perfectly is the fact that uh, when um, towards the end we'll spoil that a little bit, but uh, when uh, he kills um, little Bill, little Bill's like, "I'll see you in hell," and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. you will." And that's that's kind of kind of uh, the John Wick kind of thing. I did, it just was one of those things that you kind mean of hit kind me. of the, the 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 lack of outspokenness, you know, not much <laughs> to say. It's just like, but I mean, I just the whole thing is like he was out of the game. He yeah. he was yeah. Well, in John out. Wick, when he kills the uh, the the son of the of the Russian mob, 
yeah. he, he does not say a thing. He just walks up to him, yep. and the guy he tries to it. like he he tries to monologue with him for a moment, and he just goes bang, yeah. he's down. He's like, wait, you're a bad guy. I want to hear all your plans. I want to hear the one million dollars. <laughs> he's you out know, like a but light. no, I just it it's just one of those things. Is afterwards, I was thinking about, I was like, oh shit, John Wick pulled a little bit from Unforgiven a little bit, I think, um, but not enough to to make either one you know not. Oh, good. I just thought it was interesting. Interesting that I pulled that out. Um, <laughs> all right, we're, we we were talking about, oh, they were riding. So uh, this is where, you know, they, they sleep through the night. They get the big storm. You know, uh, they, they offer. That's, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Muddy gets, gets sick. Do, yeah, do well, they he, offer him whiskey the whole time. Do you think he gets sick from the, the storm or from the pigs? <sighs> okay, so here here's an interesting thing I heard from different people. He gets sicker as they get towards the town, which is closer to the deed he needs to do. Right. So it's almost a metaphor for like... It could be, he, yeah. It, it's like this, the closer he gets to to going back on his word to his wife, the sicker he gets. Yeah. And, and so I was like, that's a fucking interesting take. Now, an- another interesting take is that this comes straight from Clint Eastwood. Is he's like... Do not take deeper thoughts into my fucking movies. Do not think that I may put these deep fucking <laughs> things into this. True. Like, they're just what they are. No, no but, but at the it, same it, time, he didn't yeah. write this script. Yeah. Peoples wrote the script. So I, so, I think it's so the, it's not I think it's, it's the, not necessarily I get that Clint Eastwood does not does not yeah. have that much. No, I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> going that, into you know, this. People, Although people, I, I will say uh Clint Eastwood looks for scripts that resonate with who he with a oh for with sure a, with a, something a story he wants to tell so so it's fair to uh, to discuss yeah. him from that point of view but but at the same time I think I think he got sick get I the, think it was the I think it was the storm and just you know whether the whiskey would would drive it away or not I don't know I think it just it fit make, into the they made it fit some, into the story. such a big deal about the pigs all of them catching fever and then and then he gets well fever. but the, he, it could be I COVID yeah. You know? Swine flu, uh, maybe I don't know. Ooh, but nice. yeah, anyways, it, I mean, yeah. Well, I think that was more of a point to to say, like, look, this this farm is failing more than more than anything else. Is that what it was? But it yeah. it played into perfectly because they they ride into town in the stormy weather and they don't see the sign about the the weapons and they go to they go to the bar. I can't remember what the bar's name was, but it was. It was uh, something uh, beer room and billiard billiards. <laughs> was was uh, Ned and the Schofield uh, kid? Were they going up to get laid, or were they going up yes. to, to meet with the uh, meet? Well, with the yes, that... it, both, both. Okay. So I think I think originally the kid went up, and I think the the thought was is that he was trying to meet with Alice to to figure out what was going on, but he was also probably you know tapping some whores and then ned <laughs> okay. ned was like hey well i mean he even says it like hey um, i'm gonna go see what the kid's doing and like you don't mind if i was up there and i can manage some way to <laughs> you're you gonna know. tell my engine wife <laughs> yeah and so so ned ned was trying to get his feels on uh but this is this is this is a crazy scene too because like this is where where uh little bill comes in and uh you know they had mentioned the fact that the the there was three guys that came in at least two were armed and and stuff and so you know he's just doing his job originally like to take the arms and you know he, he the first thing he says is like hey you and he's like ah and will you know cleeswood is like i ain't drunk like don't worry about it, i ain't drunk and they're like well we ain't worried if you're drunk but we need to take your weapon and he's like i ain't got a weapon and they go through the whole thing and it turns out he does and 
But then he just starts beating his ass. And, uh, you know, it's like one of those things is like, he didn't need to do that. Like, I, well, it's, it's, he, he did after, um, after English Bob. It's like if he's going to treat but this did, guy any. He didn't know, he didn't well, know that guy was here as an assassin. Nobody he didn't know. He knew English Bob from before. So I'll give him that one. He didn't know William Money. He didn't know who he was. He didn't have any backstory with him. All he knew is this guy was in the bar with a gun. No, I he could have just. I I know what you're saying. I'm just saying that that in his mind he's trying to. Ask, I mean, he's already. Yes, in he's his already mind, sent he's a, English Bob away, and 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 so he can't just cower to this new person that's sitting there that has a gun. But he didn't, it not cowering to him. He could have took the gun and said, look, we don't allow this. Don't do this shit again. Like he didn't have to beat him like he did. Okay. He went, he went over the top. That's what I'm saying is, is this is where it shows that he really, he, he revels you're, in it. You're really he trying won. to paint little bill as the villain. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to paint it. It was done. I, Someone I'm, painted I'm, it I'm just saying me. that, that there's some ambiguity to, to who's the villain, who's the hero. And I, I like how that this movie. I didn't is. say there was any heroes. I, Truthfully, well, I don't. I don't think there's no. any heroes. I don't. I don't believe Clint Eastwood and Will is a hero, but I don't think he's as bad as guy as I think Bill is. I, yeah. So we're looking at levels of villainy. Yeah. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. Is uh, okay. So if Bill wouldn't have beat his ass like he did, right? Wouldn't have like it just took his gun. Like took his gun and said, "Look." You you can't have this gun in here. You, I, I I'm gonna give you the credit that like you didn't see the sign. Yeah, you look a little haggard. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. No, but no, he had to beat an old sick man. Right? He had to take that candy from the kid kind of thing. Like he, especially with all of his deputies around him. Like he's a fucking bully. That's the thing that I'm trying to say is is, uh, little Bill was a bully. Hundred percent. Let let's let's consider the fact that that this was exactly the person that he did not want to be in the town. He this was this was he didn't know it, but this was the person that was there to avenge uh, Delilah's True. slicing. But, but, so okay. so he was he was right. So he's gonna uh, he's he gonna right. assume that every. Everybody no. that walks in, everybody that walks into town and doesn't toe the line the way he wants is automatically a bad guy. Well, no, I don't. I don't think. I. I. I don't. But that's think, what he did. I mean, he just this assumed. whole movie is about violence. You know. Yeah, but he assumed violence, that that's what he was. So he didn't prove it. Okay, so you think he he would have been better off not. Not I'm just saying, had had he not, I mean, it might it might not have made him look as such of a asshole kind of bad guy. Like I'm just saying, if if he if he didn't beat every guy that walked into town and didn't automatically know that hey we can't have weapons here, like so hey just it, take my weapon and be good. But it wouldn't have changed uh, money's motivation. He would have still come back and and tried to kill those people. So so in a sense what Bill, little Bill was doing was was correct by trying to stop this person from doing it. But, that's, that was, but that he, was, jumped to a, that, he jumped to the conclusion that everybody that yes. walked into town was automatically yes, an assassin. Yes, he did. He did. He was that's trying what to make I was a point. He was trying to display that this is Well, I can understand with English Bill because he had, he had passed with English Bill. So I give him that, I'll give him that one. But now it's just like anybody that walks in and has a weapon automatically, you're assuming, like... On the other Show hand, one guy, on, on one, the other one, hand, if he would have come in and he didn't do anything, 
people would have said in the long run, he made a mistake because this is the guy that actually did come to take out. But nobody, people. but nobody said anything to him because he was I, a bully and he ran that town over. That yeah. that was the other thing. Yeah. Is why there's only eighty people. There's not even eighty people. There's like thirty people in that town. He's got seven deputies. What the fuck's he worried about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's a little, it's a little much. It, it that's a, that's what I mean is they they really set up little Bill as a bully and and I believe it a hundred percent and that's that's kind of what I, it said. I agree. I that, know you're just playing. No, I know. Advocate. But but that but that's the thing about the screenplay is it it's just taking a slice of time, and <laughs> everyone has a backstory that if you look right. at the entire story, everyone is a villain. Everyone is a villain, and we're just looking at this piece of slice of time where we're looking at 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 money well money and and he is a hero from our point of view and and yeah, little okay. bill is a is a villain from our point of view and it plays yeah. out that way but we s totally see more of the story yeah because so one of the things and, we, and we i've been drinking a lot of big whiskey <laughs> so <laughs> so one of the things we we skipped over too is uh um the the cowboys came in um at one point before i think before money got into town and uh brought in the 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 ponies right they brought in the five ponies from quick mike and then the oh, other they guy did that's right he they brought actually the two in. And, and one of the guys was was obviously he wasn't the one that sliced up the girl uh, right but but uh he was he was trying to do his best to to make up for what what his partner had done and you actually yeah, that... feel uh feel pity for him I think it was Davy. Davy was yeah. the guy's name. Strawberry and yeah. Strawberry Alice won't have anything to do with it. She's like, well, that was get he brought an extra here. pony. He yeah. brought an extra pony, and he he says, I I brought this not pony only a pony but the best one. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is what kills me because they this is where they show Delilah and they show her reaction to like she almost wanted like she had that look like okay I I want that pony I want that acceptance well, and and then well, the she other just wants everyone were, to get along she wants she's kind of like that that but that's that's where it's 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 so sad that she gets over you know overridden so quickly by the other girls and it's funny some people were saying yeah they were throwing rocks I'm like no I think they were throwing horse shit at them like I don't <laughs> think those were rocks I think yeah. that's horse shit uh, <laughs> but yeah you know it was one and so they ride off and that that's one of those ones that it, it hurts me watching that because it's like you see Delilah, she's like, it's almost like they're making it worse by the way they're reacting to her and what happened to her rather than saying, hey, what is this? What is this to you? Is it really, you know, they're they're like, oh, you're a monster now. It's like, well, I don't feel like a monster. No, no, you're a monster now and we got to get justice for you. You know, almost like that. And that's, it's one of those things is like, that's fucking, that's harsh. And, and hard to deal with and, and it's one of the things that gets overridden and, and we get another line later on but with her and Clint Eastwood uh, the Will character that's just like oh so so touching and, and hard to take um, so anyways uh, Will sick they, they they get out of there the, the the boys jump out the windows from getting their their uh, their uh, free ones from the hookers uh, from the <laughs> not only is Will sick but he's haunted by his past oh, killings. He's, oh. he's like really sick. And that, yeah. that's some cool, that's some good stuff too. We get out there and, and, you know, we go through the whole, like he's, he's thinks he's dying. He talks to, to Ned about it. And he says, he sees his wife. And he's like, no, that's a good thing. He's like, nah, she's, her face is filled with worms. And he's like, Oh yeah. shit. I don't know what to tell you, man. 
Um, so there's there's some really cool stuff. Uh, this is one of those ones where the scenery really plays out. There's there's uh, snow on the ground and stuff like that. They're That's true. Suddenly it becomes uh, yeah the snow so like falls. That was not planned. Uh, this whole this whole movie was shot over 39 days up in Calgary, uh, Ontario. And um, they built that town in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, one of the things right. is, is, is uh, Clint Eastwood was so adamant about um, keeping the town looking legit that he allowed no motor vehicles um, on the set. Like yeah. they actually took horses and buggies up to the town to shoot every day with all the equipment and stuff. Like I'm like, that's fucking what, cool. What, buggy? What's a buggy? Not a motor vehicle? Like a, like a wagon. Like a okay. wagon. Okay. All right. A horse-drawn buggy, horse-drawn, okay. horse-drawn buggy. I was thinking of um, a little motorized uh, little. Oh yeah, no, that would have been okay. even cooler, like an old like thirty-two Ford or something. But it wouldn't have gone <laughs> along with the whole uh, no motor vehicles, yeah. so. That's well, it, it, it might have because it had them like four-inch skinny tuck. You know, it could have. But anyways, uh, so they weren't expecting <laughs> horse-drawn buggies. Got it. Yeah, it wasn't. They weren't expecting the snow, um, and it actually snowed. Um, and they just like, well, okay, well, let's shoot, and it worked. And so I thought that was. That was really cool. Um, uh, damn. Uh, Will's character uh, recovers from his fever, and um, uh, Ned and, and the the kids, Schofield kid, are out searching for the for the cowboys. That's right. This when, is where, that's when Delilah shows up. Yeah. So this is another the really emotional portion of this movie, and this is another one where Delilah, you you see the acting and you see the the emotion on her, where but the verbal and and what happens is is kind of like you, you lose it, um, but if you pay attention, it's really it's really powerful. Is you know she's talking to Will about like hey you know um, the uh, the other guys have been taken free ones. <laughs> <laughs> And and he's like he's like what and like she's like well you know free ones he's like oh I don't I I don't need that and she's like oh I didn't mean me I meant with and and, and he goes oh I, I I you know it's not that it's my wife if if I wanted a free one uh, I guess I would want you rather than those other girls it's so well that, delivered yeah it's it's beautiful yeah they do a split uh, a split focal length too it yeah from a where uh, they they. They split the focal length down the middle, so she's in the foreground with her face all yeah. scarred up, and then he's in the background, completely in focus as well, uh, just just with all his lines resonating. It's a, it's a really beautiful scene. It is. One well, there's another line in that too, where he says that you know, oh, you you know, I guess I look like you now, and and you know, he he mentions that like, hey, what I what I was trying to say was like, not that you're ugly, but that we're both scarred. You know, we we've both been through some shit. You know, it 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 is what it is, kind of thing. And it it's one of those ones is is it's the the facial expressions and the emotions on her that really resonate with me in this. And it's like where again you feel like, oh my god, she is just she's just trying to live, and people are bringing this up so much that it's it they're taking it away from her, and it's it's so sad and stuff like that. It's like you know, yeah, she's cut, but it's like. It didn't change her from being a person, but everybody else around her, the ones that she should be there for support and stuff, are actually like, "No, oh, no, you're a monster now, and now we have to, you know, treat you like this." And it's like, "God damn!" This is so also rough. a scene that we, or that that William Money's character realizes that the person that he's been trying to avenge has not been. Had, has not had their eyes gouged out, has not had their right, eyes yeah. cut off. They, no, they never talk about that they, either. They actually don't. They don't talk about it. They just they just kind of 
you know, they have this conversation and, and, and it is a moment where we as an audience don't quite get the satisfaction of knowing that, that, that the, uh, the characters, you know, understand this, but it is a moment of reckoning as far as. as Yeah, you're right. They never really, yeah, they never really adjust that, address that. But anyways, so, so it goes on. Uh, then it cuts to, this is one of the weirdest, weirder cuts where it just jumps to, um, them up in a sniper position or actually it's the, it's the Cowboys and they shoot the horse and then the kids on the ground. And then this is where, where, uh, Ned can't kill the guy and, and money takes the, the rifle and ends up finally shooting him and you know, shoots him through the gut. So it's not even a quick kill. And there's like, no, it's God. a slow kill, which, which resonates for a western you know you don't you're not used to a slow kill in a western okay so how many movies have we talked about where i've i've said i am so tired of this fucking one shot one kill like drop like that shit is so unrealistic like unless you literally hit mid chest heart kind of thing or head people don't die just from one shots most of the time like they will die eventually suffering is not something that that many film goers want to uh want to portray and, and viewers yeah. don't want to see so so it it, it resonates in this movie it's, oh it's, but it's yeah. so good too because it's like <laughs> it's it's almost it's almost comical in a way because he's like i'm dying boys he's like, <laughs> like what really it's like he's that, waxing that, poet poetic yeah. in his dying breath okay. yeah oh and, 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 and then will mighty's like give him some fucking water <laughs> yeah i'm thirsty someone give me water Give him some fucking water. I'm not going to shoot, shoot you. Shoot. <laughs> uh, but what what's and really poor important Ned is, is in the other corner, just kind of like going. Well, this is what, this yeah. is where Ned, all the way up until it's time to pull the trigger, he was all behind it. And then I, I and you know, there's well, no he's doubt able in my to mind. shoot. He's able to shoot the horse, right? I mean, or at least he's able, fucking, that's he's able to do. The, he's able to do the first shot. I don't know if he yeah. like decided to shoot the horse or or if. Um. So I'm gonna go with he shot the horse instead of the man. Yeah, cause... I think so too because because by the time it came time to shoot the man, he was not able to do it. So obviously he yeah. went with the horse at the beginning. Yeah. I, I think it was a conscious decision and, yeah, and, and he too. just like he, he he's probably killed people before and like he said, you know, but he just he's got a change of heart and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's it's a very interesting play into this and it's like, oh and so yeah, money has to do it and the kid the kid's there and he's witnessing it all and, and, and so uh that happens. But then then we then this is where it just starts ramping up and it's like, oh shit. Like it it starts to <laughs> The first part of the movie is kind of nice, easy, like 35 miles per hour Sunday drive. And then all of a sudden, it's like we get on the freeway and we're going to start picking up speed. We're, we're on the on-ramp right now. And we're, we're hitting about 45, 55, starting to get ready to go. Um, right? We, we get the word back um, from uh, into the town and, and the, the ranchers like, oh, they, they killed Davy. I think they call him Davy Boy or whatever. And, and like uh, he starts to fuck okay and get a posse together and then then uh then we cut back to uh money and um the kid and they're they're camped outside of a like a house waiting for the second guy quick mike to go take a shit right they're waiting for him to come out to the outhouse cuz Ned's you know, already the... gone off on gone off yeah Ned Ned's like yeah I'm I'm done I can't do this and he's like don't worry about it and like I'll get you your share you know I understand you know this is this is perfect for money yeah. too he's like I I got it but I, I'm going to finish this out 
I'll, I'll meet you back and 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 you get your share. Uh, they wait for this, and this is where uh, then the, the the they shoot back to the town and the the cowboys or whatever. We caught one of them, and they they apparently caught Ned, which is this is this is get some rough shit too. This is where it starts to get fucking deep, you know. Little Bill has got him tied up to the bars and whipping him, and this is this is one of the few things where some people brought up the fact that why was there no other uh, or why was there no reference to anything to do racial because you know Ned Ned is played by a black man and and even though you know it's in the time of it's it's after slavery, I doubt the script was written uh, with a black so man there's, in mind. There's that, was, yeah. There's that, but there's also the fact that. This wasn't the South. This was this was Wyoming. This is the West, and there was plenty of black cowboys, literally in in the West. Okay. It it wasn't the West was not the same as the South and the North that you know fought the Civil War. There there, once you started getting out west, it got a lot different. And you can go look in history books and and, yeah. and see. There well, was definitely resonated when when you saw Little Bill whipping yeah. uh, Ned. I, I'm not to like, say it did. Yeah. It might have might have been done on purpose like that. It might not have, but I mean, you know, people are like, why didn't they react to it? And it's like, well, they, they didn't. How? What do you mean react? Like, why did why didn't everybody react? To, why? Oh, well, Ned's a black guy. Why didn't everybody automatically react to that? And it's like, well, because in the West there there was black cowboys, and it wasn't like, oh, that's something like oh, everybody's okay. gonna just. It, it's not an automatic well, like South racism that that we see in some know, of the other stuff. So speaking of Ned's character, I like Ned. I, I appreciated his performance, but oh, I yeah. didn't. I Morgan. didn't. I didn't find uh, Morgan Freeman's portrayal of Ned outside of Morgan Freeman's portrayal <laughs> of most characters. He was. He, he's. You know, he's <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that I, I didn't think he was. Yeah. No, I, I agree, and and you're 100 percent right. I don't think there was anything specifically like, oh my god, that was fantastic. Like, oh my god, he killed it. He was out of. You know, he was out of character so much yeah. that he he made himself. You're, you're right. I appreciate was, the casting. I just don't. I don't. I yeah. The performance was right up kind of his alley. It didn't. It yeah. Didn't, there was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing special about it in in a way that was like, okay, that's not something Morgan Freeman really had to stretch for. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100. Um, percent But yeah, you're right. It was a good character. A good a good deal with what he did. But yeah, there was nothing like. Th there's a reason he didn't get nominated for best supporting actor for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But Gene so, Hackman yeah. did, and oh my god. Oh, but Gene yeah. Hackman was yeah. Um, you know, so we get this is we start we start ramping it up to the to the final, which is really kind of crazy. And uh, you know, so they finally the the quick Mike goes out to take a crap, and there's there's some funny parts in that, and it's like, you know, there's <laughs> some lines like, oh, he's 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 holding his shit like it's gold, and you know, he's getting ready to go out, and and uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys in there. He's like, you need to come in. He's like, well, what are you gonna do? Hold my hand, kind of thing, and like, I just you know. So anyways, uh, he comes out and this is where he he tells the kid, "All right, go do your thing." And this is this is crazy. Guys come out. Eastwood shoots at the door to keep them down, and the kid opens the door, and it's like one of those standoffs, and they're kind of. He's like, got the just... wrong door at first. <laughs> yeah, he's got the wrong door first, and then he opens the door though, and the guy was reaching for his gun as yeah. he pulls the door open, which is crazy. And then he's sitting there. And then he shoots him, and it's a great scene as far as like shot the way that shows and stuff like that. And then they they end up riding off once again. Eastwood Will's character has a shit hard time getting on his fucking horse. Has a shit hard time, right? <laughs> I just I thought that was funny. It was like that they carried that all the way through. 
um, they get off, and then the, then they then we get this an emotional scene with with the kid and and Will, where the Schofield kids talking about like it was like oh yeah like is is that's how it always is and you know they always the the gunfire and the smoke and running off and I he's like I was a little bit scared and you know he's kind of trying to still keep his machismo, but it's slowly fading and he's like you know as he's drinking his whiskey. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, that was that was my first one, and he admits that that was really the first person he killed. And right, yeah, the, the Mexican that came at me, I just hit him with a shovel. I didn't yeah. actually kill him. So that that's a it's a really interesting play because then you could see that like he wanted that persona so bad that he was willing to lie for it and, and make up this stuff to be that, but then when it really comes down to it, he really wasn't that guy. And that's so when, and that's when the next uh, the woman shows up, the the, yeah. the girl, the other. Whore, well, this is the, another great shot because they're talking the whole time, and you see the 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 girl riding up on the horse in the background. Right, and and Will Money is is watching the whole time because yeah. he's looking for people. You know, he even says when she shows up, "I've I've been watching you, and nobody's been following you. I've been yeah." And, you know, she's and, like, and this is where like, we get. Oh no, the, the two people rode out the other yeah. direction, and well, it was it was what... strawberry. It was uh, it was strawberry Alice and Silky went the other way. Okay. And this yeah, is so... where everything changes. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, okay. So yeah, you know, he's like, okay, well, and this I, is where the kids. I, so so I watched the movie a couple <laughs> days ago, which I hadn't seen in probably fifteen years at 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 least. Yeah, and it it was epic. But I today I watched this from this point on again. Okay, just just to kind of recap because this 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 conclusion is epic. It is. Oh, it I is. I mean, the movie up to now is is so powerful, but but it just ends on <laughs> so. <laughs> so okay, we get talk. we get the, we get the words like she's like he, the kids like I can't do this anymore I'm 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 out I'm done and he's like okay well you're gonna you're gonna take this money and get it to Will and or or, or actually no I guess he doesn't even say that right away she he's like okay well we need to catch up to Will and or uh, um, Ned, Ned and get him his money yeah. and the the girl's like oh well well Ned's dead. And she explains to him, and he's like, no, what? he's not. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he wrote out. No, no. Little Bill caught him and tortured him until he died. And, and that's, you just see the switch go. Yeah. And well, he grabs because, the whiskey and he starts drinking it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the interesting thing. Cause he never really stops. His body never moves other than his arm. It's kind of like just this natural reaction. And then the, that's when the kid's like, oh, I'm done. And he's like, okay, well you take this money and you get it. You give Ned his, or Sally two trees, his portion, and you give my kids theirs, and uh, he's he says I'm gonna go take care of this, and this is who where who and and the the woman who plays the whore, you know, she was more of a minor character because she wasn't Sally, mm -hmm. she wasn't uh, she wasn't Delilah, but but uh, uh, the the way she kind of conveyed the message and um, and and played off of Clint Eastwood was was really effective. I got to give her some credit for. For the way I think she was little Sue or Faith, I, I one of the two. Yeah, those are, there's only four named, so there's one of those. But yeah, she did a great job. I mean, it, it just was perfect the way everything played out. But then <laughs> we get that we get the scene. This is yeah. this is one of the like the most iconic scenes from this. That just like when you've seen this, you're like you know, and it's uh the it, it's little Bill. Prancing around, like kind of little peacocking a little well, it bit. Starts, little it starts. It starts where he's walk, where where Will Will Money's walking into the town. He he sends uh he sends uh the Schofield kid away, 
and then he sees Ned. He sees Ned with the sign. So that's that's what sets him off. You know. I think I think they show I think they show uh Bill before that though. I think they show Bill in there talking okay. to the posse. He's okay. kind of got this He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, we got that son of a bitch. We're going to get this to go. And he's like offering drinks, but don't sure. drink too much. And he's got, he, but he's also playing to Beauchamp, too, the WWE yeah. Beauchamp. But that's why I was saying yeah. he's peacocking. Yeah. He's definitely peacocking. Well said, yes. And, but that's when, and then we get the money and he walks by and he sees Ned and then he kicks the fucking door in. And this, this is well, he, great. He does, no, he, I don't, he just walks in. He walks I mean, in and it's in the background. It's it's like Bashamp Bashamp notices him notices him first yeah. before. But everybody turns and, and Bill like right away he, he's gotta keep his you know, he's like, What the hell is going on? This? He's like, Who the fuck owns this place? <laughs> and everybody's like, shuts up. Nobody says anything, <laughs> they're like, uh Ain't me, so I ain't saying shit. Right, Fat and, Man. <laughs> fat Man, who owns the yeah, place? Yeah, Fat Man, who owns this place? And then that's when Skinny steps up, and he's like, I bought this from so-and-so for $1,000. And he don't say shit to him. He just fucking shoots him. He does. Got he, shot with a fucking shotgun. Yeah. I I was like, and that's when that's when Money's like, you cowardly son of a bitch. He's little like, Bill, you yeah. Shot a, little Bill yeah, so Little sorry. Bill, sorry. He's like, you shot an unknown man. That's where we get that line. Well, he should have armed himself if he's going to decorate his <laughs> establishment with my friend. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, shit. Y'all just opened up a can of worms. Oh, my God. Well said. Yeah. He's going to he's got to arm himself if he's going to decorate his establishment with my yeah. dead friend. Great line. Wow. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that was exactly how it was said, but but. No, that's exactly how it was said. I, I've been practicing that one. I, <laughs> just in case anybody ever kills you and decorates the front of their store, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. If if I get killed I'm, and I end up on a storefront, I I hope I'm going will money. <laughs> I'm going will money on those motherfuckers. Just know that. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So then then little Bill does that. He's like he's you know he's staring him down and he's like he's this is where he gets kind of cocky he's a little bit all right well kind of like i, I don't think he, get, he doesn't get cocky he gets matter of fact yeah but it, i mean it's still cocky in a way it's just well, it's like he doesn't even try and like hey look let's let's talk about the he just like he doesn't right. care if he's gonna get killed he really maybe, has maybe. no 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 bother yeah whether, whether he's gonna die it's just like I, it's just almost like he it, Almost like he's he doesn't expect it. Like we'll get to well, that too yeah, a little yeah. bit. So, anyways, yeah. he's like, "All right, well, this 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 son of a bitch only got one shot left. So when he fires, you guys pull your guns yeah. out and shoot right. this dog down and like little little bit cocky. That's what I was saying. It's like really he should have been like, "Hey, let, let's let's talk about this. You know, I didn't kill your friend. Let, you know, anyways." But then we get the 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 incredible, and this is this is one where I want to talk a little bit too, and we're we're gonna pull back from the story a little bit but he goes to fire and it dry fires basically you uh misfire misfire and then so apparently this you know we talked about earlier where clint eastwood's only like a, a one shot uh you know two shot let, let's roll apparently the way this was happening was um uh when he was doing this when they were when they were filming this originally uh gene hackman as soon as it would click he would like ah shoot that motherfucker or whatever immediately and so uh they had him do it again and like a couple times like three or four times and something wasn't right and and gene hackman was and he's like oh, i you know he's like i want you to pause for a second and, and he's like okay okay do it again he says it right away and he's like and so apparently uh eastwood goes hold on hold on 
just go take a break real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change some things up here. And he he changed the camera and put it on a, a short roller, a short rail, or something like that. So it's gonna have a tiny bit of movement, like a foot of movement, something something very small. And what it did was, is when Gene Hackman in, came back in, he saw that the camera was now on this little roller, and he knew because of acting that okay, I have to wait for it to move before I deliver my line. Click, they moved the camera just that that small little foot on the rail, and then he delivered the line, which gave it that pause. And it was one of those things is 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 they were talking about is like Clint Eastwood did this like he got he tried to talk to him, but he was like, look. I know how to fix this. And it he sounds like it he just... sabotaged Gene Hackman a little bit. In a way, in a way he did, but he got it to work by just, by not changing the shot so much, but just this little bit of a mechanical yeah. thing. But it sounds like he fooled to then... Gene Hackman so that Gene yeah. Hackman wouldn't react. You know, um, uh, Richard Harris talked about the, the barbershop scene where uh, when he was doing it, he said things just weren't working. And Clint Eastwood came up with like he said, he said, well, let's remove this line because it sounds like we're stumbling on that line. So, and and he said after that, it was, it was, it was Shakespeare. Everything worked great. <laughs> well, but, uh, but my point is that it sounds like uh, Clint Eastwood is really dialed into how to make a scene work yeah. regardless of what the, what the uh, actor is struggling with. That's good. Yeah, but that, I thought that was really cool and that just showed how much of a good director he can be. That right, he, like, yeah. He could have just said, look, Gene, fucking learn to pause for a second, but he didn't. He's like, he's like no, no, this is on me. I got this. I, this yeah. he, he took it upon he's, himself. He's an actor's director. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Anyways, so it pauses, and then we get one of the greatest fucking gunfight—not greatest, but just a, a real-looking kind of gunfight in a way where he just starts shooting, and where the other guys, right? We're talking his deputies who may have never shot at a person before, and we get back into that that whole. It takes a lot to shoot a man. It takes a you know, it takes it takes. Yeah, I've you, always been you lucky think you when it do comes it. to killing. I mean, yeah. that, that line right there is epic. I mean, well, so people were talking about this and it made me start thinking about like literally what it takes to 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 shoot at another person. You have to you have to be able to to really be able to take someone's life. And we this is something that made me start thinking about today's youth in, in all the video games that are out there and some of the stuff that's out there and, and how they're the, the, the desynthesized to violence and stuff. But when you really think about it, is could they really like. If you were set face to face with someone and had to pull the trigger, could you could you really do it? And I, I would I would be willing to bet that the majority of people couldn't. Okay, well, I mean, we're talking about youth, but what about us? I mean, just have, anybody. Have you ever shot shot a man? I have not shot a man. I've not either. <laughs> I've shot towards people. <laughs> uh, well, I have not shot a that's... person, but but there's I mean there's a difference too. Like I I. Uh, there's certain people that I, I believe that would have a harder time doing it than there's than there's people that I believe would have a it, it, circumstances too are different. Like if it was right. in a we consider uh, the weight of what we're doing as we're yes. pulling the trigger and and that's what this movie is is really trying to explore about. Yeah, know, well they talk about it a lot. You know, too. they they talk about violence. Uh, you know what what is the purpose of violence if you know by shooting someone are we just propagating the next the next kill 
violence begetting violence, and that's what yeah, that's a lot with this. And, movie you, and yeah, it is. Exploring. It's a hundred percent that I agree. And that and they did talk about that about how much how hard it is to do, and and we got that with the kid. You know, he 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 murdered that kid. He murdered the guy on the toilet. Like one of those things. Like in the beginning of his his speech, he's talking about, oh, you know, like he's all hot and you know oh, i did this and i shot that motherfucker and yeah I, I shot him three times and then by the end of it he's bawling he's like i i killed yeah. him and, and like and he he basically gives away his gun and he's like i'm never gonna do that so I, w- I was writing down a few things about about the violence about the the killings in this movie and what and and the things that drive violence in this movie i i talked about humility i wrote down humility because of the little pecker you know that absolutely drives violence um true true uh and and when little little bill is faced with his uh flooding and and they say hang the carpenter that's oh god you know he's a bit he's a bit humiliated about his house that he's been building that i thought looked beautiful until i saw a little you know detail and saw some of the angles that was like and, and it's flooding like crazy so humility exaggeration is another thing the mm-hmm. scars you know on the on the on the on the quote unquote whores, well, they're whores, <laughs> faces. Um, uh, that, that is certainly an exaggeration as far as why we are pursuing this killing. Um, uh, the eyes gouged, you know, the teeth cut off, all those yeah. things are exaggerations. And then boasting is another big thing. Um, having to defend uh, the lie of the duck of death. You know, <laughs> th- that whole story is this big exaggeration. Uh, oh, killing, for sure. Killing all, you know, uh, the Schofield kid killing five people. That's an exaggeration of, of you know, he hasn't killed anyone. And so so it, it, it reframes this idea of, of what violence is all about uh, and and puts it into a whole new framework of, uh, of something that, that doesn't amount to anything except yeah. having to live with your own uh, conscience. Of, so there, of there was another... Done. There was another thing that uh, that you touched on a little bit, but too there's the personalities, right? There was the kid that wanted wanted the the reputation, right? He wanted to have that I'm a killer, I'm a I'm a stone cold outlaw killer. So he made up the stories, right? And then you got English Bob who who had done some of the work, but he also exaggerated a lot of it and kind of lived off of that exaggeration and stuff. Then you had you had uh, little Bill who who kind of didn't like the exaggeration, but also lived part of that life, but then also fed into that exaggeration and stuff like that. And, and you know, when he had the chance to peacock himself, then you get William <laughs> Money, who who literally was was the baddest motherfucker at all, but he didn't want any of it. He didn't yeah. want to be known by it. He didn't want any part of it. So you had all kind of, you kind of had four different characters that all live in that same kind of the range of it. You know, wanting to be it and not wanting to be it, and everything in between, kind of thing, which was which was pretty interesting. Let's let's talk about Clint Eastwood because he went on to make a, a bunch a bunch more movies that, <laughs> that kind of addressed violence and death. He did he did some a movie about death row, but one of his movies was uh, Million Dollar Baby. Did, did you see that right. movie? Ah, uh, no, I didn't. Well, it. Uh, I'm gonna spoil I heard it's it. It's really good. I'm gonna spoil it. <laughs> Uh, this is it is about a, movie, a female fighter? It's about a female fighter that gets uh, hit, gets uh, um, injured during a fight. Oh, okay. Uh, to the point where she can't, uh, she no longer has any mobility. And oh, okay. it becomes a question of 
how do you and she wants to die and oh. Clint Eastwood is is the uh, he's the um, uh, Rocky and what's the Rocky trainer uh, trainer what's his name um, <laughs> uh, oh uh, yeah I know who you're talking about well anyway he <laughs> plays the trainer he plays the uh, uh, Mick he plays Mick, Mick. cut me I, Mick <laughs> um, but uh, but he ends up uh, euthanizing her in a mercy oh. killing and and so it 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 becomes another you know you watch a movie like million dollar baby and you see that his only you know he he uh, he defends violence from the sense of a mercy killing but not necessarily in in this in the movie like unforgiven where you see all these other killings so i just wanted to wanted to bring up that that you haven't seen it so i i, I don't know I'm gonna ruin it. I mean, he you. definitely he definitely touched on a lot of stuff that like he he was trying to change the personas from some of his Dirty Harry and early spaghetti yeah. westerns. But the, it's really the, interesting that he explores it and then especially moves on to a movie like Million Dollar Baby, where 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 he accepts violence from the standpoint of mercy killings. Um, and make. But it is that really food. violence? Well, it gives you food for thought. It gives you something to think about. So yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I I don't know if I. That it's violence, killing. But... It is. It is killing a person. Okay. It is, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll say yeah, that the death. Where, the death yeah, is, but yeah. not violent. Like they're two different yes. things to me. But okay. I, I that's fair. Saying. That's fair. Because because yeah. I I even think Unforgiven is more about death and not about violence. Um, about killing. Um. A person. Yeah. It's kind of. It's kind of. I think it's kind of both. But yeah. It's it's a little bit too. But it's also about that that. Uh, persona and uh, that outward appearance compared to the inward. You know person and things like that there's a lot there's a lot to do with that but i mean we didn't even finish the the big the big shootout uh, you know he shoots he shoots little bill <laughs> i'm sorry i gotta uh, myself but, well no but this this is an interesting part too because this this plays a lot into that peacocking a little bit um he shoots bill and then you know he shoots some other guys some of the other shoots deputies. Someone in the back as they're trying to run away yeah. yeah he shoots fatso in the back yeah he drops hard uh, but then he's also like, if if you don't want to get killed, you need to get out of here out the back. And everybody's like skedaddling, right? Um, and, so which except I for the funny. writer who gets who thinks well, he's but he was he's underneath someone, right? He, he thought he was shot because yeah. he had the blood. But then here's the flip: he sees that he took out six men, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, my next book, it's the Duck of Death. You know, he's, he's like, <laughs> that's right. He's like, and, like, and he questions him on the order of death. Oh, you took, yeah. why did Who'd you, you shoot this? first? I love that line where he says, I've just been, I've been lucky with killing, yeah. you know? Oh, but it just God. shows you that like how much, like this guy doesn't care really what's going on. It's just how he can promote it to his next thing. And it's like, and I love how Eastwood deals with it. He's like, he's like, I don't know who I killed first, but I know who I'm going to kill next. Right. It's like, you ask me <laughs> one more question, motherfucker. And yeah. Yeah. So, and then that's that's when we get the last thing where Bill wasn't actually dead and he starts to pull his, his pistol up and this is this is this is one of those ones and this is where you lose all respect for Bill. To Little I Bill? did. Little, Little Bill. Bill. Like so he's he's standing I don't over deserve him. And, this, yeah. yeah, I don't deserve to die like this. And it's like, no nah, motherfucker, you kinda do. Like really you kinda do. You brought this shit on yourself, you know, by by for one, killing Ned. Right, treating these people the way you did, you kind of brought this on yourself. Not doing the justice that you should have done in the first place, right? Not treating these whores like property, and 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 you know, 
like it just oh they need to bring in some ponies like he kind of brought this off on himself and to, to to have that i don't deserve to die like this uh yeah you did kind of thing and so uh which you know he did he's <laughs> just crazy uh so I, I read something about that too. Like I guess during that scene, there's a, he's standing over the top of him and he pulls the trigger and apparently someone on the the um, off screen screamed, and uh, so Clint Eastwood looks at it and he goes, "That's what you get," and it was apparently a joke from some other movie and stuff like that. And so that the, the whole the whole crew started laughing kind of thing. So they had to reshoot the whole thing. <laughs> I just I thought that was kind of funny that you know he in a serious scene like that 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 Clint Eastwood could still joke around. And, and that's one of the things I heard too, is, is that uh, Clint Eastwood always tries to have everything stay fun and, and, right. you know, light and, and you he, does, know. he doesn't say actually, he doesn't say cut. He says, he just kind of does, does, yeah. does a, a finger movement for rolling <laughs> and, and says, okay, we're good. I think he, he keeps a lot of the crew he's had in all his films together yes, so that they, that, all, they know what's going on. So it's yeah. a whole new... I think that's really cool, too. And one of the other things is they always say he's like a, he's definitely an actor's director in that uh, he, he kind of stated that directing is more of being a manager. Like, you don't tell them how to do their job. You just make sure that they're there to do it. And, and he lets the actors do the acting rather than try and, and force them to be his vision. He tries to get them to see their vision through his direction and, and, and let them do them kind of thing. And I think that's really cool. Um, I mean, it's like when you hire someone to work on your house, like you hire a carpenter, you don't go tell them how to fucking drive nails. You, right. you let them, you let them do their job. You, you give them the big picture, like, hey, this is the house I want built, but you don't go tell them, hey, I need six six nails on this board. I need this board at this angle. You, you kind of let them do do what they know, uh, and I, I think that's really cool that he he's that kind of director. So, um, this, <laughs> I mean, we didn't even touch. Like, there's a little bit of extra scene at the end where he he's he's still kind of in his his. William money ways and he's like he's killed all the guys in the thing and he's getting ready to leave and he's yelling out the door <laughs> he's like he's like if you if you uh if I see a man out there I'm gonna kill him if you shoot at me I'm gonna kill you and your wife and all your friends right and, and it uh, shows the people the couple people that are sitting there well, like the one deputy trying to shoot left. he's like no I can't do it he's like no I'm not yeah. either <laughs> you know yeah, the one deputy that's left, he's like looking at it, he's like, ah, and the other guy's like, yep, no, don't give it to me because I ain't doing <laughs> shit. And then as he's riding out, he's, you know, and don't you hurt them whores or I'll come back and burn this fucker to the ground and stuff, And which, you know, I think everybody believes him yeah. and uh, whether or not he would do it. And then, then we get back to, and then they have the, the final, and then they did a, apparently in the beginning, uh, this was supposed to be a uh, a vocal, like a, a voiceover um for the beginning credits or the 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 written stuff in the beginning and the end and they changed it just to the written he said he liked that better and i think it worked out and it really leaves it on a strange kind of like this is it the that this is what happened you know he's like he we don't know what happened to him we think he went off to san francisco and made good and dry goods and that's all there is to it right uh yeah. Apparently, in the original script, uh, there was something to be about the kid where he actually drowns himself and commits suicide after uh, um, 
afterwards like you couldn't deal with the the grit, regret and stuff like that but I think it's good that the way they kind of left it I did too I think that would have been a little too far yeah, yeah like I, I like the fact that like we don't know what happened I mean yeah. it, it dealt it's a start it's a finish make up your own ideas of what it was I gave you some stuff to work with and so I think <laughs> you know what I mean write an essay like, instead yes <laughs> yeah yeah no it does because it's like I'm not going to tell you how to think I'm not going to tell you how to how, how to control your own mind but I'm going to yeah. give you some ideas to let you to explore it's and an so. interesting film from the standpoint of you know westerns before before this were, <laughs> were much more about heroes and villains and this just really question that well, whole and, thing and and i and, think that it makes it so much better like I we don't too. always need we don't always need everybody white hat black hat i i saw i saw a uh when it came to westerns in general i saw a um a graph that showed all the westerns made up until this point and this movie kind of stifled westerns for a good 10 years before, <laughs> before right. they started coming back a little bit uh because it it was such a powerful uh, exploration of what the Western is really about. And you know, when I say Western, you know, even even uh, George Lucas admits that Star Wars was based on it's, Westerns. It's kind of it's a, a Western, Western in space. It's a Western in space. So, so uh, that that's that's what it, what you get when so you're when, you know. Mandalorian. Mandalorian 100% is oh, a fucking western in Yeah, space. you got him rocking around in spurs and or at least Boba <laughs> Fett walking around in spurs, you know, so sure. Well, yeah, you know they they got their horse Wait, no, they don't have horses. Why the fuck's he got spurs on? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, uh, but I mean it well, is they got it's, other it, other things they can ride, yeah, right? <laughs> with bantas and uh but no, yes. it's it definitely was was uh like especially when the Mandalorian came out that it really showed that how much it was almost a spaghetti Western in a way, but in space and, and done so well. And, and yeah, so hundred percent that the Western genre. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is, but it, it really strives so much more. So much sci-fi is kind of Westernish, yeah. you know, in the movies aspect. Uh, one of the cool things I, I did see was that uh, the boots that uh, Clint Eastwood wore were actually the same boots that he wore in, um, one of his other, like, uh, I think it was, um, oh shit, what was it? Uh, Pale, no, not Pale Rider. It was one of Pale, the uh, Josie Wales, or yeah, it was like one of the early, early, um, that was his first, well, good, bad. I don't know if you're getting back to Leone, yeah, it was one of the Leone ones. It was the same bad. boots that he wore in there, uh, he wore in Unforgiven, okay, and then I think that he even wore them in uh, Cry Macho. No, really. Same pair of boots. Well, uh, I think that he only wears them. For, like I think he he keeps them as like almost a trophy. But I, he he so, saw them. So when he made Unforgiven, he said this is probably the last western he's ever going to make. <laughs> he lied like a bitch. Well, well, has he made western <laughs> since Unforgiven? Well, I mean, I mean, a, macho, le a legitimate uh, western from. Well, okay, well. I, I agree. When I mean, we talk about Star Wars or something western. like that, we, we look at the Western style. Uh, that's one thing, but it's not a. He hasn't made a traditional. A traditional uh, Western. Yeah, traditional, but I mean, cry do macho technique. Do you have any favorites since uh, since Unforgiven? Oh no, nothing is is topped it as far as Western style. I wrote a couple down, uh, which I want to give credit to. Uh, a few 
years later. Um, I was not a fan of Dances with Wolves with Kevin Costner, but he followed up his Western uh, movies with Open Range. Which yeah, Open Range is good. I adore. I loved that movie. Was, <laughs> I thought that was. I don't think it was. I still like Unforgiven Unforgiv- better. No, I, I I agree. Unforgiven was better, but this was a really good movie. So yeah. so if you're I actually like Dances if, with Wolves. If you're looking for a, a movie that that resonates like like Unforgiven, uh, Open Range is one. Yeah. Um, and and your your talk about Rooster, the Rooster. <laughs> in, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out. Uh, True Grit. Uh, oh right, right. And, the, and the, not the new not one. The, yeah, the new one. Not, I I've never seen the John Wayne view, version, oh, okay. so I, I don't know. But the Coen Brothers version uh, yeah. is that was is, good too. Is so fun, and yeah. it's more traditional with the with the style of of the old style westerns. But at the same time, it's just really well made, and it's got yeah. uh, it's got our um, our um, uh, Hawkeye sidekick hero from uh oh, the, new, the new hawkeye series coming out as the uh as the uh, star it was the female young female lead oh oh her. right right um yes look, i know you're looking I'm up her look. name i'm gonna wait for you well, <laughs> she I'm, was also yeah um pitch perfect three yeah two <laughs> yeah, yeah no um but but she was great Jeffrey. that yeah, Jeff Bridges is the. It's uh, oh, Haley. Yeah, uh, what? Haley what? Haley what? Haley Steinfeld. Okay, you broke up for a moment. So. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah. Oh well, Josh Brolin's in there too. So we got we got our our uh, our MCU really connection there movie, too. If you, if you have it, yeah, that's true. That's true. And Matt Damon, who who was uh, played Loki uh, in Asgard. Oh shit! Wow. This is just an MCU movie. movie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no that that's a really that that is a very enjoyable uh, movie too. I agree with you. Yeah, um, yeah. As far as like what what stands out in my mind though, the Unforgiven is one of those ones that like I I just it always comes up in my mind when I think of westerns and stuff like that. But yeah, True Grit is definitely a good one. Open Range. I did enjoy Dances with Wolves. Um, it's a slow slow burn. It's not like an exciting. Oh my God, this is. But it has so much to it that's that's really good and okay, I I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I don't I I don't have any other like movies of oh my god you got to go see this, um, right now. Silverado. There's a Kevin Costner one uh, where he plays <laughs> kind of the the hotshot kid. That's I think one of his first roles that I remember him from. That was that was a fun western, but it's it's so old school traditional there's there's no yeah. uh well i mean we got no, we got things, uh, yeah tombstone but, and stuff like that too are really good we've we'll talked about like, that yeah. yeah yeah like young guns was a fun one too i mean it's not uh, your tr- you know, know actually <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was fun i mean it's got a great song you can't you can't give get you know much more than that uh there was what also song? um it's the bon jovi okay um, i don't know it now i feel what? Yeah, I don't. Oh. I don't. But <laughs> I, remember, uh, you... I remember the movie, but uh, but I'm not. Gosh, I, I should see that again because. Yeah, no. It, uh, what is the song? It it's oh, you would know it as soon as I played it. You'd be like, oh, okay. Um, there's also they also did the remake of the Magnificent Seven um, with Denzel Washington. Sure. Yeah, that was fun. It it was interesting. I enjoyed it. It was fine. Um, I I it, it was I. 
Yeah. It wasn't as great as the first one, but it still was. Um, I think the song is called Young Guns. What the hell? Um, it. I've been drinking too much, so I, I don't have brains. Well, yeah. Look at look at my <laughs> bottle of of whiskey. It's <laughs> empty. Um, uh, you know it. Blaze of Glory. What was the uh, the first? Um, Here we Gosh, Clint Eastwood ta- was talking about him. Uh, what was the movie? Uh, uh, Josie Wales? No, it was um, when he first was attracted to the to the um, uh, Leone spaghetti westerns. What was the first one? It was oh, um, well, it was that... based off of a Kurosawa samurai yes. movie. Um, it was uh, Yojimbo. Yojimbo, was... yeah, but I don't know what the what the what the movie was called. What the um... Clint Eastwood movie was called. So, you're looking it up. I can tell by yeah. your, your expression. <laughs> by my look. Um, um, so, the Western really has no, no, evolved from from other other lore, like like samurai lore. Fistful so, of dollars. Okay. I believe you. Yes, I, that was that was what it was. Did you know Clint Eastwood was also uh, born and raised in the Bay Area, just north of us? Damn. Or south of us. Nice. Yeah. I found that out. Uh, yeah. He also was in the army as a swim instructor at Fort Ord. Where Fort did uh, Play Misty for Me uh, take place? Was that? Because that was his first director- directorial debut. Um, I think he does a lot of stuff in the Bay Area. It might have been. It might have been in California. Nice. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. What did I say it was the first one? Fistful of Dollars. That was that was the big one where he went over. Uh so here here is that. Monterey, Young California was where it was filmed. See, there you In go. September of nineteen seventy. That's when I was born. There you go. This so. this is this go. is the Young Gun song. Are you gonna play it? <laughs> Through your iPad? I can't hear yeah. it. Yeah. It's not playing I can't hear it at all. You hear it now? Nope, nope. Uh, you know what? Uh, I can't really? hear it, but I will throw it on at the end of this podcast so that everyone. <laughs> yeah, can Blades hear it. of Glory. Yes. That's that's one of those ones. What is, a, what's it's it's it called? Blades of what? Blades of Glory. Okay, I will I will throw it on to the uh, finale of our podcast. So if you stick around, you know <laughs> I gotta say, this is just you and me, Noah. We're at <laughs> two hours and forty five minutes. This is probably hey, we the did, longest podcast. We We've done we two just, movies. We did two movies, though. So. I know, but it's the two of us, and and not only that, we are like really enthusiastic about what we're talking about. Yeah. So I I, I, I agree. I mean, after the first hour, <laughs> which we shat on. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, it deserved it. It was okay. it was bad. All right. Um, I, so stay tuned to the end of our podcast. Yeah. You'll hear the 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 uh, a part of the. Blades of Glory. One of the Blades of Glory. Blaze, Blaze of Glory. Okay. Uh, by Bon John. Bon, bon, uh, John okay. Bon Jovi. Bon, I'll bon, throw bon, it on bon, there. Bon, yep. Yeah. Wait, you'll hear it. That's that's one of the best things of Young Guns. That mo- that that song alone is is <laughs> worth the movie. So uh, I have to give it to that. What year was um, that? Uh, nineteen ninety. Oh, it was before Unforgiven. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, but yes, Unforgiven, great movie. Clint Eastwood in general, like great movies, um, actor. He's and gone director. on to continue to make really good movies since yes. then too. So yeah, th- this was almost the start of his really, it was. It in, was his... you know, really resonating movies. 
Yeah, he definitely he definitely started up going crazy from here and and done some great stuff. Almost. And then uh Almost, so yeah. Except except for Cry Macho. <laughs> Yeah, cry macho. <laughs> what you said, almost. It's like that, could well, tell. that was actually my wife just came in. She goes, "Are you guys almost done?" I was like, "Almost." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, oh. But it works. Yeah, cry, cry macho. Um, was not one of his best movies. No, I I think what it was is he had a plan to do it a long time ago, and he just followed through with it, and just should have let someone else be the character. Yeah. Could have directed, but left it alone. All right, with that, I think it is time for us to wrap this up because that's how we seize it. So thanks for joining us. We are sufficiently uh, uh, whiskeyed up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at least I, I, I am. Yeah. I haven't seen, while I've been watching you, Noah, I, I haven't seen you taking a drink. So are you my drinks, really? My, my drinks ran out. Okay. I didn't go get another one. So I, I, I didn't drink I, as much as you. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I'm, I didn't bring in a bottle this time. I, yeah. I thought I was going to take a break in the middle, and I, I bought some beers that I was going to go get, but I never all did. Right. All right, uh, so it's but, all me. No, I do I'm have, embarrassed. I, <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I do have to pee. Uh, but uh, I want to say thanks for sticking around and listening to this. Uh, you know, Hail Caesars, we should have said at the beginning. Hail Caesars, I nice. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Actually, I was thinking, oh, we should put that on a, on a shirt too. I, I, I had all kinds of shirt ideas going through my head today, so – We'll get that going. Uh, but join us next week. We're going to be back with the MCU. We're going to do Defenders, um, yes. the, MC, the MCU, Netflix combination, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist. And and, uh, and if you haven't checked out uh, Clint Eastwood Western, you know, this is a great This is movie, one of the best. But it almost, it almost requires a previous viewing of something that's a little bit more outlandish one of his dirty hairy movies or oh, or good the bad the ugly yeah something that that sets you Fist up full of so dollars that, so that this movie makes a little bit more <laughs> it makes more sense it does or just go watch an old john yeah. wayne go watch go watch true grit watch some of those so yeah yeah all righty with that we can say good night good night everyone <laughs> wake up in the morning and i'll raise my weary hair Got an old coat for a pillow And the earth was last night's bed I don't know where I'm going Only I